1: the official podcast of grapple i'm better and i'm jp and joining us for this first part of the uh, the show it is the brigadier of brit res it's martin bushby hey man
2: hey guys uh, thanks for having me on really appreciate um you bringing me on for the intro for the show
1: Oh definitely mate, we definitely wanted to uh, to have a, a quick chat with you, obviously people have uh, noticed that uh, Gareth is uh, is away this week, so yeah, sorry Gareth, you've been replaced now, Martin runs Grapple, um, got a lot of Apple updates to do uh, later tonight Martin, lots to uh, <laughs> keep yourself busy, got some bear charges to, uh, to, to, to put out that people were asking about in the pre-show, what's going on mate?
2: I uh I well, I don't know how Gareth manages it. I mean, I'm running that app and then doing a full time job and then I think I oh, got two children as well. I always like <laughs> talk to my brother and I'm like, Oh, do you wanna do this? And he's like, oh, I ain't got time. You remember I've got two kids now and then you've got grapple Gareth, you know, you know, seemingly doing all this work with the app and doing a full time job, and then he's got two kids to entertain as well.
1: Mm yeah that might explain why he's having a week off eh, AJ yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah
3: a well-earned week off like trust me it's it's like he, he doesn't stop the poor mm. bloke mm. He, he really didn't and for those of you listening to the latest patreon show you'll probably heard a quite abrupt ending to the last podcast we should explain about in a little bit
1: i thought we were okay for that but oh well we've busted that we
3: no i'm gonna do it on it
1: would it shock anyone to know uh, that we were, we planned to go a certain amount of time, and we went longer than the time we said we were going to go, thus possibly getting Gareth in a little bit of trouble? Uh, Can't believe that. He knows what to expect these days, J.P. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll be uh, talking about long podcasts in, uh, in a little while, which is uh, one of the reasons we've <laughs> uh, got you here, Martin. But yeah, just look good to have a, have a chat with you anyway. How are you, mate? How's things? I thought you were out away. Were you out, was it Pontons or somewhere you were at the weekend? I thought you might be going oh, off to see a BritRash show in Bay, or something. Mate.
2: Oh, was near it? uh near bridlington in north Yorkshire? So yeah like a haven camp like, it oh, it's haven. like it's one of the biggest camps yeah <sighs> i think they've just bought it now it's like been a campsite for years and years and years and all these like really beautiful sort of bays and a lot of nicer uh, english scenery and stuff so yeah that was great it was two days had some cracking weather you know drank a lot got to see some uh you know some nice scenery as we did a lot of walking and things like that so yeah um, cracking but um coming mm-hmm. back home and then obviously uh how are we all feeling after uh last <laughs> night? I think that's what uh, everyone really wants to know.
1: Yeah, it's uh mm. I mean I I'm feeling bad for Gareth because he's uh he ended up finishing second in the uh in the grapple Euro fantasy league, but well, you know, he came close. <laughs> Jordan again getting the double. Um
3: but no, Mate, obviously. Jordan yeah. Steins is just a fantasy football like absolute dynamo, isn't he? Mm. Oh, it yeah. just pisses these leagues. It does. Always comfortably as well. Fair I think we said we'd again. give
1: him a prize. There's definitely a prize. Some kind of grapple match. It's coming. Whether we'll, we'll, Martin no or Gareth Sauter, I'll it's coming.
3: Need to rename <laughs> the leagues after But, um, <laughs> no, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, term, JP. I yeah, in terms of, I, yeah, my son was very upset. Um, mm-hmm. like they were both incredibly nervous during the shootout. I was, it's one of these things, as I've said many times. I'm an Ireland fan, so mm. I, like I, I don't have the kind of emotional connection. But at the same time, it was heartbreaking. And as an Arsenal fan, for seeing like Bukaya Saka. About the game itself, mm. um, probably in quite a, in the cold light of day, England were great for 20 minutes, and then seemed to just sit back and allow Italy to get the possession and get back into the game. And after that, it just looked like realistically one side was was gonna win it for me hmm. um, so when it came to the penalties and you look at like Donnarumma Donna he's just an absolute man mountain hmm. and yeah it was just it was just horrible really and then obviously all the other stuff that happened around yeah. the game but I suppose we'll talk it's about the game first of all but it's hmm. you know it was just it was heartbreaking for them as players and as a team because this is probably the first England side that like there's a real sense of goodwill about them. Yeah. If you can think back to the kind of golden generation, there was quite a lot of football fans who just didn't like them as players. So it kind of, it was very difficult to to kind of get into it. Whereas this this particular side just isn't that kind of animosity. Mm. Yeah. Like I, I was no,
2: like... I, I think it's, um, yeah, yeah, with me, obviously I did get quite caught up in it, especially the semi-finals and the finals, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's like, I think someone put a great meme up and it was that Drake thing, you know, and he's going like that. And then, you know, obviously there's an audio podcast, but I think everyone knows what I'm talking about. The Drake meme where it's like, you know, no to the, you know, England fans on mass, but yes to the England team sort of thing. But so, yeah, I think obviously we're always embarrassed by the scenes we saw, you know, everyone chucking bottles and things in Leicester Square and stuff like that. But then when it comes to actually watching the game and, you know, we've actually got a really good team for once, you know, and I did get quite caught up in it, especially, uh, Last night, watching it, uh, watching it live.
1: Mm. Yeah, I was kind of like, you know, I was the holdout this year. I think, I think, you know, last tournament tournaments we talked about on this podcast. I think having Joe here, kind of Joe, was uh, was very much the pushing the uh, the come on England stuff. And I remember getting swept oh, up yeah. for a bit. I didn't really this year. Not even when it got to like the semis and stuff. I still was kind of like watching that at arm's length, but. Genuinely, yeah. Well, you know, watching it last night, I, think I did get pulled into it. Like there was a point, like in the match I was watching on the uh, on the iPlayer stream, which as we talked about on Friday, JP, you know, that hurts me, but I had to go with it with that terrible ITV coverage I had to go with the BBC. But it was a couple of minutes behind, and like there was a point where mm. like I heard a massive cheer from next door, and I just assumed. Like that that England must have scored and then it was like a minute later it came on my screen oh shit Italy have scored and I actually felt a little bit I was like oh actually a little bit gutted and oh that's kind of shitty that the neighbours are that happy that, that Italy have, uh, have scored at that point I actually I, I, this well, is how I went to from. the well Liverpool uh, Liverpool not England uh, Scousers oh. not uh, not British all of that stuff um, but I had um, I like my headphones in from that point on because I was like well I don't want to get it get ruined especially when I knew like it was near and penalty. I was like okay I can't like have a cheer going from the neighbours and like, then like five minutes later see a goal happen I'll have to uh, I'll have to like zone in and pay attention you know? I did get sucked into it and you know I did kind of feel bad for the for the players especially you know the young lads who stepped up and took penalties mm-hmm. like the there is that Genuine point about yeah, you know, can you really bring people on in you know the last couple of minutes, and not give them a kick of the ball, and then expect them to to score pens? Like,
3: yeah, there's a Those question that changes there. need to be made a lot sooner. Yeah, That'd be one of the things.
1: Oh, that, that was sports, the thing, wasn't it?
3: Even in the second half. Mm. Yeah,
1: yeah. With with Southgate, like his negativity is the reason like England did so well, isn't it? But you, mm. even you do kind of think like eh, once it, once it, once it got to extra time, was like, okay, come on. Come on now, where are they? Where, where, where's, where's Grealish? Let's, let's, let's do so Let's put some fresh legs on. Let's, let's give people some minutes before it eventually gets the penalties. But I don't know. Maybe that's easy to say now. It,
2: it well, is, your was, boy like, Pickford, Benno he, um, he certainly uh, made some cracking saves, didn't he? He was absolutely brilliant. He,
1: mm. he was, yeah, he was. He uh, looks better for England than he does for <laughs> for Everton. <laughs> there's, there's one thing I'll say about him. Um, but yeah, I, I think I say, I think people are. I don't think anyone's gonna. Well, there are gobshite who are gonna blame individual players, and you know we've saw plenty mm. of that in in the news today. But yeah, I think that, that that's that's probably my read on the game. I don't know about UJP, Is like a like, tactically maybe maybe they could have done something different in that last half yeah.
3: hour. or So I I would have thought so. Just given the way the possession stats were going out, it was like seventy one percent possession at one point to to Italy, just seceding so much possession over to them. But then. Italy played brilliantly and it was very weird when they took off Immobile and like uh, Freddie Cheese or uh, Federico Chiesa as uh, my son calls him Freddie Cheese and that seems to be a young person thing I'd imagine but he started to like really like at that point Italy started to look really dangerous and I thought you know on the whole they deserved it like they were like really good in the tournament it was the two best sides in the tournament it was generally a like a really good tournament finals never live up to what you kind of hope for as much as anything else. But the goal after two minutes kind of meant the game had like a lot of edge to it as much mm. as anything else. Given oh, yeah. the kind of close, close um, thing there. But it's it's if you think what to talk about it in wrestling terms, both teams come out looking good. If that makes any sense, it's like even in defeat, like England have gotten over mm. in that way, like they feel like they they kind of should be around that main event level it's it's yeah mm-hmm. i don't know why i had to turn it into to wrestling for that <laughs> i think, think the issue is and we've not sort of spoken about it, it's just all the other stuff that's kind of surrounded it whether it mm. be the racial abuse the players have got i did see i don't know if you've seen but tyrone mings wrote something fantastic yeah. about the home secretary pretty patel mm. who for a government that talks about gesture politics, more than happy to kind of wrap themselves up in the St. George's cross when it came to football, a sport that none of this government could give a shit about at mm-hmm. the best of times. And the way that they spoke to Marcus Rashford before, um, over the, the kind of the free school meals. So I'm going on a political diatribe. No, there. you're right. But, Ty- Tyrone Mings was like talking to Pretty Patel who would said it was all right to boo players for taking the knee and he was just like yep this is the reason why we took the knee in the first place talk about gesture politics you're just trying to jump on board this like when it really came to the crunch didn't want to didn't want to speak up at all hmm. um obviously same thing with Boris Johnson as well and you know when you think of some of the other ways though the, the fans have behaved whether it's Flares in the arses, hmm. uh, naked jiggling about outside PC Curry World, doing massive lines of cocaine to cheers. It's, hmm. um, there's just, there is like this element of, say, football fans, just of this kind of collection of arseholes who are just determined to fucking wreck it for everybody else and just behave like the biggest fucking twats in the world. Mm. like just like really fucking... That clip of them rushing the ground trying to get
1: in with no tickets and, like, those lads are bad enough but the lads who've t- taken it upon themselves to police it and are, like, swinging wildly at anyone coming in and kicking them when they're on the floor and stuff, like the fellow fans, to, like, make some kind of, like, moral point. They're bad. Everyone looked bad, didn't they? Like, I, I literally saw, like, reports from people who were in the stadium saying, like, kids and families are, are crying here because the aisles are getting rushed and there's not enough Met police around to, to do anything about it and, yeah. Half of them are there with no tickets.
2: Well, Dominic Matteo was on uh, the news earlier and he was at the game, but he got involved in that fracas and he went home even before the game had even started. He said because he was like just pissed off with it all and he was like, Oh, yeah, I like football, but you know, this is just out of control and I don't want to stick around for this nonsense. So, you know, mm-hmm. even a, a former footballer being there at the game, you know, decided he'd had mm-hmm. enough and went
3: home before it even started. Mm-hmm. I think Gary Neville's um, rant this morning to Sky—rant. Uh, it's not a rant. It's just quite carefully considered things that he says yeah. um, when he is interview on Sky News this morning as well, where he talks about like the kind of shambles of this. But then you know we don't have leadership, and what you saw with this team in terms of taking a stance. And he always talk about this like taking these if it's political, and it's not political. It's about a, a kind of what you might think of as a it's one of the great sort of plagues of our time in in racism. Mm. And it's just, oh, it's political. Oh, it's political. And it's like the people who do that are the ones who make it political because then it becomes like, and they make it political by saying that it is political. Therefore I can hate it without this. So yeah, where a group of Millwall fans started to get the idea that they knew all about fucking Marxism with this stuff as well. That was a load of shower of shit. Um, But yeah, it's been allowed to kind of fester Mm. with, with, this government it's always been there but it feels like kind of like with trump where it's like oh yeah by the way you can say the quiet bit out loud now you can yeah. just kind of behave like
1: that. Well, even Keir Starmer, he's a fucking coward. It took like I will point to that out today, and he's absolutely right. Yeah, it took him just as long as it took Boris Johnson to point out that actually booing, booing the players taking the knee is bad. Yeah. Like he let that sit like a bad fart for a while because he wants to cultivate. He wants to cultivate my dad's and my uncle Nobhead and all the other people like I know on Facebook who are posting fucking gammon statuses about how taking the knee is such a disgrace and all that. Like he was actively. Cultivating that as well and actively going after that market and that, that voter base like we've got. We we have got a serious problem in this country. Yeah.
3: It's mm. a it's a cultural issue. Mm. And it's always that and I heard people talking about the 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 kickoff times. Fuck off. They do this in other countries and mm. then their fans aren't fighting each other on the streets. Mm. They can have games late in the evening, and it's just because a load of people want to get cunted at like 6 a.m. and just fucking trash the place.
2: Mm. And all the scenes in Leicester Square and outside oh, Wembley Stadium and yeah. that, thats they're the same people who'll be like, oh, well, why are they holding this uh, candlelit vigil for this, uh, you know, the girl oh. in, the, in the park and, and all of these Black Lives Matter protests, you know, why are they doing that and why are they destroying London? Because, you know, they're angry because of, you know, the systemic racism in this country. And they're the same people saying that and then they're doing it for something yeah. they were supposed to be celebrating.
3: Mm. Yeah. We saw that when there was the other march when there was after George Floyd and there was the um, marches in support and then there was the one where they, uh, what was basically what appeared to be just the Democratic Football Lads Alliance decided to take a trip down to visit the Churchill statue. Yeah, lobbing bottles at the police, like punching them. That guy took a piss up against the memorial of a policeman who died there. Yeah, Like that's what we're dealing with. Like, and the thing is, is that, the police don't ever want to get involved in this stuff. But Mm. like you mentioned there, Martin, Sarah um, Everard, uh, her vigil. Oh, that's fucking drag people off. And that, and and they were at least attempting to social distance. Mm. Like here, this is like, like I say, ridiculous stuff. Um, And it's just the sort of stuff you need to disassociate, like that kind of element away from like the team and larger thoughts i I can't love the
1: team because you can't i don't because i hate that when people will be like oh you know it's just a vocal minority or it's just they're not fans no they are they absolutely are they're not representative Eh, they are in some ways you know not of the the vast majority but they 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 are still a part of of that fan base and part of that culture of like support in england that kind of still makes me feel a bit weird about people walking around with you know saint george's cross on and stuff it does it does attract that element. You know, you, every club's got it, but like on a national level, I feel like it's definitely like a, a bigger problem. And I say, we shouldn't be talking about that. Should We shouldn't be talking about like the, you know, the mm-hmm. Marcus Rashford, you know, uh, that, that, you know the mural that got graffitied in uh in manchester and the the, the comments that you know some of those lads are getting on instagram and, and twitter and the like which you know a lot of it's probably trolls and bot farms and and you know people purposely on the wind up but you know to pretend mm-hmm. there's not a a genuine issue there and a, a genuine you know a response to, to, to the three particular lads who missed um and what it is about them that's going to cause a certain element to, to come after them now after you know them being all our, our heroes these last couple of months like you can't bury your head in the sand there is a there is still a real issue there
2: there is yeah, and on Bologna. the news today there was lots of uh, black spokespeople on the news saying like you know you can't cheer us and get behind us when we're scoring goals for you and entertaining you and things like that and and yeah. you know winning games and things and then turn on us you know it it can't be you know one or the other. And I think um especially with the, the kneeling and the and the booing and things like that. I think Nate Milton summed it up best out of everybody. I think he said the problem is these people don't understand. We're not after more than you. We just want the same as you and I think he summed it up better than anybody. Yeah.
3: yeah. No he's totally right. Yeah. Totally right he is and and i think the good thing is is that this seems like a generation of sports stars generally across this and this goes into obviously the nba and the nfl as well where they're going to speak and this idea of no i don't want politics uh, involved in this well i've got a shock for all of you politics is involved in every aspect of your life from the moment you see a pavement and a streetlight Mm. fucking politics is involved in your life because there's a way of getting there when you visit the doctor all of this stuff i'm sorry you don't like it but tough shit mm. i don't like paying a mortgage but here we fucking are mm. so yeah is anyway. true Quite serious, went we all political,
1: all uh, spotlight there. Well, you, you know, it, 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 as I said in the chat, there it brings us together and also, yeah, continues to uh, to divide us. But I mean, I, I will we'll say, you know, on the actual football front, again, you know, I'm not a big England guy, but like clearly, there's there's plenty of positives to to take there. I'm sure everyone's going to be thinking we're going to win the World Cup next year, which will be hilarious when we get knocked out of the group stage.
3: Um, it's <laughs> in Qatar. <laughs> oh, for God, God knows what it's going to be it? like. Yeah, oh. exactly. Oh. What a shit show is that? That's going to be. Oh, I know, I know. Although I... on the upside, if those fans travel there, good luck getting a point. Mm. That's mm. what I'll say.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe the I lads mean, won't go. Maybe, I maybe there's something in really Qatar that will stop Just them say, going.
3: Dump them in a fucking desert in Qatar and say, "Go on, crack on." <laughs> Find a so, plinth yeah. to do coke-off out there. You tell them
1: it's like turkey. There's loads of yeah, It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. You'll have a great time, lads. I can't,
2: I can't see the Qatari authorities putting up with the stuff we were watching yesterday. Oh,
1: that's true. It might be a way of doing like a page. It might work. Um, <laughs> um,
3: There'd be guns out with a <laughs> fucking heart,
1: like like the fucking wind. I think the well, naked yeah.
3: guy on the car waving the Saint George's cross would just be a goner, wouldn't he? <laughs> oh uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> stag
3: do central Qatar. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is going to be weird as joe said there in the chat watching the world Cup with our christmas tree up. but i, I kind of like that that's not that far away now you know i feel like these euros was like a, a warm-up for that and it was it was a great tournament like you know we said last time what like the the stories in it and the fact that you know a lot of matches went to extra time but it kind of like added to the drama and you know it was you know and the right as you said jp the right team probably probably won at the end but we got mm-hmm. like the, the nice little england story we got the you know the denmark story there was plenty going on to like keep engaged in addition to all the fancy stuff
3: we said it last week this was a very very well booked Mm. like european championships for here good we saw the elevation of some good mid-card teams to kind of main events you know it felt like there were there were good positions on the card like everyone comes out well this is this has generally been very booked main event was a disappointment that's gonna happen you know, mm. it's been a long tour. If you want to think of it like the great American bash tour, just call it the great European bash. Like, they've just, you know, they've at that point, they've hit Baltimore, they're doing that show. It's like, oh, fucking hell. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll go through the motions here. Mm. Very well booked by UEFA, who've proven themselves to be much better bookers than FIFA, mm. who have gone the way of WWE, frankly, <laughs> haven't they? A lot of the times, the way they book <laughs> World Cups. Oh, do you enjoy the hey, Austin,
2: um, What, wasn't your former co-host Joe? He was at the semi-final, I noticed, on Instagram. He was. And he like having a whale of the time. What a time. Singing,
3: well. singing Sweet Caroline <laughs> he, I mean, he, 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 he did well to get the tickets, but he went to that. I mean, that'll be like, for him, that's his, as we all know, that's his stag do mm. there and then. Mm. Like, being told he could go along with that. That's the thing where, like, he's just going to be ecstatic. He got along mm. to go to it as well um yeah yeah he's a uh, yeah i don't know i mean i i must admit i haven't spoken to him since i must imagine he's devastated today i thought we just keep Give him the Monday off. Message him on Tuesday.
1: <laughs> Let him rest his head. A bit brutal. Yeah, <laughs> um, but are we, were you in the fancy league this year, Martin? I know you got swept up in the in the in the in the Euros, but like, did you did, were you in the league? I'm not. This isn't a slight, by the way, because I, I didn't no, tell I I you think, I think,
2: I think you asking if I was in the league. says so it all about what I did in the league.
1: <laughs> I can't find your name. That's all I'm saying. I'm looking. I can't see you.
2: <laughs> I think my, my team name was a uh, purple Aki, so uh, purple K as well. But, yeah.
3: <laughs> Always. <laughs> great man He's you know a it? great man
2: i was Jeez. i was a few i was a few below the young box
3: oh okay So i'm assuming uh, it was you jp that was me um i was awful i forgot to do it for the final 49th though jp around. You finished top 50 you know i don't know how that happens that's just <laughs> well, there's Mark, fifty-seven. ridiculous <laughs> <Faja>. <laughs> yeah, 57. i think because yeah, i had panucci
2: football for this one is that it comes to the last few games and everyone just picks the same players. You know, like with the uh, Premier League fantasy, yeah. it's like you can, oh, well, I have found this, you know, diamond in the rough that no one else is going to pick and blah, blah, blah. But then it comes to the end of the Euros ones and everyone's just got the same players. So you, if you if you don't get points in the sort of group stages, then you're fucked basically, aren't you?
1: That's basically what happened to me. That's my excuse anyway. Like I, I scratched and clawed to finish 46th. Like that was like my dream was to get out of like that bottom... Ten, which I was in, where I was like eighty seventh, and I was in—I was in that place where every team around me was one of them teams where no one was putting any effort in, but I actually was. <laughs> I missed one week, I will say that, but I just did terribly in the group stage. I just—I got everything wrong, and for me, it was just about like yeah, saving face. And I'm not bragging, but finished above you guys, you know. I'm sure you didn't put half the effort in that I did, too. so I think it's probably more admirable that you guys did did that well. I I'm looking—I'm looking, I'm looking to
3: see where did you finish in the end? Forty mm, sixth. 46 just, above, yeah. just so he above, yeah. finished after all just above me, <laughs> yeah. All that effort, and I was just like, Well, the reason the reason I did so well is I had both Shaw and Bonucci in my team, mm. which kind of massively helped with that. Just to go through the top 10 for it as well, yeah. Go for um, it. Um, yeah, well, joint ninth. Um, we've got uh Carl, Carl Gack, our, our oh. super king of the mountain, super king. Um, and and joint with him, just looking at yeah. Gareth's son, Grapple Alex. Oh, shit. There? I didn't know he did yeah. so
1: well. Is is he doing his team, yeah. though, or is it Gareth? That's the question.
3: It's called Believe in God, Free. Um, no, no, no. I think this this is his team. He'll be taking it properly serious. He both, he also had Bonucci and Shaw in that team as well. Um, who else is there? Uh, great. It's, it's Jesus Christ. I don't know who that is, finishing in eighth. Um, Eddie Shotai. Me- Mecca Shotai. Finishing in seventh. Tom Goodrum finishing sixth. Rob Reid. Rob Reed. Rob Ride. Uh Rob Reed in fifth. Um That's a man fantasy football, unfortunately. Oh god. For the rest yeah. of us. Yeah, in yeah. The looking air. in here. There's some fam- there's a familiarity about this. Uh number four, the uh, the Woo Kings, that's Davy Boy eighty three. Um Rory Hegarty uh at number three, Grapple Gareth at number two, and the winner, and double winner. Uh, as well as the uh, the Grapple FPL League winner Jordan Steins at number one with uh, muller Royce Corner uh, <laughs> as his name, which is he's good. It ticks all those fantasy league boxes as well. Yeah, and he's he's he won Grapple Gareth will be in. We're going to make England him.
1: To add to the pain of Grapple Gareth, Grapple Gareth will get in touch, Jordan, and we'll uh, make sure you get one of the first uh, Grapple Goody bags as uh, as your reward for Kick winning. Kick him while he's down. Double league. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no wonder he missed the show. Understandable now. True. But, uh, fuck it all. But uh, well, we've got proper fancy league to come anyway, so that's fine.
3: Yeah. I need to get on that team straight away. I'll see how bored I get within this next week or so.
2: <laughs> Ivan Tony's gotta to be the uh the probably the cheapest guy who's oh, gonna yeah. score most goals. I mean, how many did he score in the championship last year? Like what like 36 or something like that he's got to be like coming in there as one of the you know hot picks i look at brenton or something
1: i love that at the start the see everyone's looking for like those little like little goal scorers or like the the defenders that's four million but he actually plays like we're all we're all justin yeah that's your boy
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you pick him on emmy martinez who i picked he was still at arsenal when i picked him and he basically was my number one for the entirety of the season. And we should also mention a big part of Argentina winning the uh, Copper America. So, <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, a lot really of football
3: lot. chat here at the start with a yeah. nice little <laughs> dose of politics. Much going on. Um, That's it.
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was going to say, like obviously, uh, other than the uh, the footy, the uh, the other reason uh, we got you on, Martin, um, it might actually be to chat about the fact that it's the uh, the anniversary of that time we all met at the British Jacob in uh, in Walthamstow. so yes. you yeah, that four week, years. But, yeah,
3: four years. Great couple we, of pictures we, there. We, we met in a sauna with wrestling going on. Yeah. <laughs> <right> that was <laughs> a that sweaty. Sounds day. all
2: kind of dodgy that JP. In it Walthamstow, yeah. Might, <laughs> might have
3: been. Might have been more fun. You never know. But there's a picture of like
1: the, of the picture of me Martin and Ollie that classic one that we always use for like the uh, the Christmas uh, shows like that that photo was taken like I'd literally gotten changed five minutes before because all my clothes were soaked through and I had a spare pair in my backpack and I just went to the toilets and got changed again that's how hot it was in our <laughs> venue that day at the uh, say the British J Cup the BJ Cup as it uh, <laughs> became to be known since that day fuck me well we did we did see um, the, who with the young lions we saw JP going for a big jog around um Around around the uh, the oh, venue. It was. It was wasn't
2: it? Toguchi was for a jog, weren't
3: he? Toguchi and Showtanaka. Was it? Was it? Yeah, Showtanaka. It was Show. It was Show. Yeah,
1: yeah. Just going for a jog around the Walthamstow area. It was a. It was a fun day, I was.
2: Just yeah the first time old. i met i met all of you uh yeah mm-hmm. first time i met joe as well first time i met um sam lemon as well joe's rubbery was there as well yeah great yeah. great a uh, great day out despite the heat that and um looking forward to uh now boris has made the big announcement looking forward to uh recreating that photo in two weeks time
3: yes yes Yes, yeah, we get to get to do that, get to do that at Joe's wedding. So, like yeah. Yeah, really looking forward to that. That's going to be. Um, I was just thinking what shows in two we- weeks. Oh yeah, Joe's on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just- I was like, I'm reprimanded He's not, the not having a wrestling themed wedding. That's not happening. <laughs> no, he's definitely not. <laughs> No. Oh,
1: not anymore um, but yeah the, the real reason yeah we did have your Martin is obviously uh me and you are, uh, are going to be busy on saturday you've uh you've put together uh quite the uh the slate uh 12 till 12 uh saturday the uh tell us all about the uh, the charity stream uh, uh coming up
2: yeah um yeah obviously like you just said me and you are going to be co-hosting um a live uh half marathon i'm calling it because it's 12 while 12 so not quite the full uh 24 hours you know i think that'd be a bit bit extreme but i don't know quite who'll be listening at 4 a.m in the morning if we were to do something like that but you never know <laughs> maybe sometime in the future but wow. yeah it's gonna be happening this saturday i have noticed i put gmt and someone reminded me we are currently in bst but uk time you know you get you get the drift anyway but yeah it's going to be on a mix alarm. we've got tons of amazing guests we've got a John Pollock and Waiting, we've got uh, mentioned him earlier, the great man Nate Milton. Uh, the two Sarahs are going to be reuniting for uh, for the show. Amazing. Jordan Goodman, Scrump from uh, PWTs, uh, my other co host, Andrew Thompson, Chris Bournier, who directed a brilliant um, documentary that was um, all over earlier this year. We'll be talking to him about that. Of course, we couldn't do a 12-hour show without having the main man, Will, cooling on. It's a 24-hour show you now, guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You got Will on and you got, like, the, we're doing a grapple show, we were saying, on the pre-show at 11. So, like, if you think we're finishing at midnight, Martin, it's not after. <laughs> we're just going to be like, ah, fuck it, shall we call an audible? We'll go till 12. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Why not? And uh, not just wrestling guests, also got a brilliant uh, electro artist from California, Glitbiter, Biter, who's also, who I know from wrestling, so there might be a bit of wrestling chat there and then maybe some of the surprise guests coming on so yeah just to get the plugs in the stream is going to be at, um mixlarcom forward slash bwe live stream and the give just giving page is already live that's at justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash bwe live stream and obviously the links will be available on sort of like mine and benno's and other people's social media yeah, right, and then um, yeah. Yeah, over a quarter away um, to the £1,000 target already. So thanks to everyone that's donated. And I just wanted to, while on here, just do a a big shout-out to Dickie Bird, the graphics wizard himself. Everyone must have seen his stuff that he did for Up Next earlier in the year. He's been doing the videos and all the graphics and things for me. So, yeah, definitely um, come along. If you can't listen all day, you know, it doesn't matter as long as you donate. You know, as long as you come on and and donate, that's the main thing. So, obviously... We're doing it for the children's heart surgery funding leads who do absolutely fantastic work providing funds for equipment for the heart surgeries for children or providing toys and things for the kids, you know, to help them along with the surgeries and support for parents. I mean, they really helped my brother's family out when my nephew had to have open heart surgery at the age of four. They provide accommodation for my brother and his wife so they could be there while he had his operation in Leeds and stuff so... Brilliant, brilliant work, brilliant charity. And I just hope everyone can join us on Saturday and, you know, and then support this great charity.
1: Definitely, yeah. Like I'm very much looking forward to, to being a, a part of it. Honored to uh, to join along with you and the uh, and chat to all the, all those people there. Like, say it'll be great to uh, to chat to uh, to join and way again. I am looking forward to that that final grapple hour, which again convinced me. I'm finishing <laughs> <about>. <laughs> don't, don't kid yourself when I finish it at midnight, everyone.
2: I'm, uh, but I'm really
3: curious what state you two are going to be in. <laughs> are
1: that, we drinking, Martin,
3: or are like, we staying sober? Is it, is it coffee and Red
1: Bull? I,
2: I think. No, I think that's when the drinks can come out at eleven o'clock. Good shout
3: yeah. We crack Oh, you then. just need to go hell for leather, mm-hmm. might just get like, right, we're going to get shit-faced and just going to see... Thought, well, I, but...
2: said, I did say, I think if the charity are going to listen to the stream, it'll be earlier on in the day so True. I'm advising people, you know, don't cut the curse words out, maybe the innuendo and stuff, so we have got Will on earlier on in the day so I don't know how that's going to go, but uh... <laughs> <Good> <laughs> up, yeah. so I, think, I think they'll probably have given up with all the wrestling chat towards the end of the day, so I think yeah. that's when it's all bets off around sort of like 10, 11 o'clock so, Good. yeah it should be it should be a really fun day but yeah yeah just thanks so much to everyone on it so far I've completely been overwhelmed by everyone's generosity it's been absolutely brilliant yeah definitely and like I say oh should we actually loss. reveal what we are going to be talking about benno um, obviously it's going to be like straight it's going to be more of an interview format we're going to be having like casual chats with people about their lives and careers around wrestling but um, we're going to be talking about uh worst shows we've ever been to so that should be uh that should be an interesting one.
1: Yeah, I don't th- I don't think the British Jacob's gonna come up um, in that conversation. But no. we did say in ring shows uh, as well as like potential other shows we might have uh, gone to, you know, live live Q and A's that type of thing uh, that might have came up. No spoilers though. Um, but yeah, there's loads of uh, <laughs> there's loads of choice there, isn't there, JP?
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, there is. there. There's lots of interesting choices. You're thinking of uh, of 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 some of the shows that we've all been to. And those, those worst venues, mm-hmm. right? They're just like incredible stuff. I'm just, I'm thinking, my God, that is a hell of an undertaking. And I'm just thinking, oh, Benno, you're be, going to be doing the weekend show before that as well. Yeah. It's just like Wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, night before. It'll be Not all right. getting out of that one, mate. <laughs> We've gone longer. <laughs>
1: We've done six hours before. It's it's too.
3: out for three hours just as a test. You know, core of the way through, just to be able to warm yourself up.
1: I I'm imagining it's going to be a, a bit like it's going to be like my journey through podcast. And Martin mentioned before the charity people might listen at the start, so I'll be like polite banner at the start, like the first time I ever Martin ever dragged me onto a onto a podcast for the first time, and I was putting on my posh voice where I, th- I think I sounded like a bit like Michael Owen um, back in those days and i was wanting to make a good impression all the way through to like these grapple years where it's just like ah shit and bugger and anything goes that'll be like the last hour so it'll just be like that that, that slow deterioration of uh professionalness i think uh through the day We'll have to <laughs> yeah. come up with some <laughs> tricks as well martin how we're gonna like arrange like disappear for a for a piss that type of thing just mention cricket or like tories or something to will like me and you get a half an hour break <laughs> at that point like that will be great you know we can, we can pull all these tricks out the back i reckon
2: yeah, we should. Yeah, if, we, if, we, if we're needing a break or to go and get some lunch, we'll just go to Will or name your uh, top 12 England cricket
3: players. <laughs> get it? Ask oh, you know, me. I'd happily jump on for that one. <laughs> as you and have got do a well. bit of Robert Gibson.
2: Yeah, we actually want people to listen and donate. Right? <laughs>
3: yeah, that is important.
1: Oh, definitely. Well, now,
2: we do appreciate Will coming on. Obviously, this is all just in jest. <laughs>
1: Martin said that, not me. But anywho, yes. <laughs> no, I'm genuinely looking forward to it. I think it'll be a it'll be a good yeah, time. Good. And you know, you put something incredible together here, Martin. I'm uh I'm there to uh to, to help out and be your co-host, but this is uh this is your baby and you've done an incredible job with it and again for a an amazing cause as uh, cause as well. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, just dot com slash fundraising slash BWE live stream. It's uh it's there, uh it'll be on the, uh, the screen now and there's a link in the chat for uh for any of our, our patrons if they, they want to donate and I'll put a link in the uh, the show notes for this episode as well but yeah genuinely think it's going to be a a great achievement so i'm proud to be part just of it just before
2: i leave you um mixalore it's not a video platform it's just a straight up like you know kind of like um, an online radio thing so you can sort of do mm. tasks through the day and just as in your ears sort of thing it'll be kind of like you know a streaming you know and I, I know people are quite unfamiliar with it but it's just um you know a good it, platform just to stream stream audio online basically
3: is it an app martin that you can just
2: download um, no, you can, your phone. You, you can, Yeah, it's an app or you can just stream it through sort of like Safari or whatever you've got, you know, or, or
3: whatever you've got on your um, Android phone or whatever. I'm looking forward to listening to you lads in about sort of hour three while I'm in little and aldi just scout, scouting <laughs> scouting the beer selection going yeah i need to pick these up for tonight how are they getting on it's like they sound like they're struggling and we're only three hours in this will be interesting <laughs> we'll get ourselves listening through,
2: to some money of your infamous walks around the golf course or whatever oh, it's,
3: it's you know. i would get in there if they just have one more <laughs> lockdown just to go around there for old time's sake and then desecrate the place like i should have done the first time round. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway i'll let you guys get on with the rest of the show but obviously thanks beno for um agreeing to come on and do this insane 12-hour show we're doing on saturday and obviously thanks oh, to the platform backwards. to uh advertise advertise the show on saturday I really appreciate it um yeah i figured um taking enough of your time and i'll let you guys uh get well, on like, with um, the show you've got to do Don't
1: you have like big noah thoughts or do you not want to get into to 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 yeah, come on. b shows uh we got what well, we got ufc you know <laughs>
2: I A think we were breaking maybe. up then. Did you say you wanted me to stay on for
1: Noah? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to stay on for Noah, mate. So, no. Yeah, we pre- appreciate <laughs> you <Ed. Aww>. having <laughs> me. You joined us That's for nice. this, uh, this intro oh, bit. But yeah. also... Go,
2: go. Also, mix art has got a chat option on this, sort of, like oh, if you're listening yeah. to it on your computer as well. Really? So uh, there you can, you can go and check it out there. So, um But, yeah, I'll, I'll let you guys get on to the uh, more important matters of New Japan B shows and Noah and whatever else you've got to chat. Uh, it, it's interesting that Gareth missed this week, isn't it? Um, I wonder why. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it does feel like that. Well, I don't know. You've the... You know, well, well, you'll hear our thoughts on the Ring of Honor show as well. But, yeah, can't interest you in that. What about – I will have to ask you, actually, before you do dive off, any thoughts on Paul Orndel? I was
1: going to say, yeah, before you go, I thought you might have some thoughts on that, Martin.
2: Oh yeah, I've um, obviously got some fond memories of watching him as a kid specifically, I put a gif out earlier that classic, it doesn't get talked about enough, obviously everyone talks about the beat flaster uh, False count Anywhere match with Sting, but the uh, Super Bowl 3 match he had with Cactus Jack, got really mm-hmm. fond memories of that of being as a kid, and I remember um, he was, remember that short-lived uh, Rick Flair podcast that he used to do with, uh, did he do it with Conrad or it was with someone else? And they had Paul Ondoff on there and he was an absolutely brilliant guest and I think he was the one who who got it out of Flair that, you know, Conrad used to pay them to hang around with them and stuff and it was brilliant hearing Conrad sort of squirm in his chair as, you know, this was being revealed for the first time. But yeah, always fond memories of Paul Ondoff and obviously, you know, he's legendary from WrestleMania and things like that An iconic, you um, an iconic you know wrestler and stuff and i'm sure he'll you know be deeply missed by fans and his family
1: mm. yeah like for me like you know the biggest memories are it's the, you know that's it's the wrestlemania stuff it's you know it's that it's the you know the odd matches i'd you know see down down the way like that Cactus Jack match with the uh, the famous bump in it and kind of some of his, like, early 90s mm. WCW work. But, you know, he was someone who, yeah, maybe was a little bit before my time, like, compared to you guys. I'm guessing, like, for you, JP, he was a big part of your fandom in the 80s, maybe?
3: Well, not really, because mm. if you think of his role in WWF, he's not, like, it's really funny in some ways they never headlined with him at WrestleMania two, and they just went down the Bundy route and they saved the... Um, uh, the big match with hogan um that was in was that in that was in toronto wasn't it that he um, had that big match there the, yeah it the was, yeah of, that's it um but he wasn't someone who because i wasn't watching wwf television or anything else around those times and those shows i kind of went back to it's quite funny it's it's like that part of Paul Orndorff, him being the sort of big star in WWF, it's kind of passed me by mm. and I became aware of it later on, especially when I started reading the magazines and he was in WCW and he was there, you know, for a, for a certain generation, he's basically sort of synonymous with WCW worldwide to a degree of being the kind of guy that you would see on there quite often. And that like pretty wonderful tag team, with, like mm. Paul Romer and the like, and you know, you knew he was a big star and you kind of knew he wasn't at at that point. But then there was obviously the like the match with Cactus Jack was like, Jesus Christ, didn't know he was capable of this. And then, you know, it's when you start to know a bit about sort of like wrestling history and the rest of it. You're like, ah, okay. Like there's the, um, and the, yeah, the fight with Vader as well. Remember hearing about that. And his flip-flops,
2: apparently he's wearing his flip-flops, the backstage
3: fight with Vader. Yeah, (laughs) And then, if I remember rightly, like once he'd retired, there'd always been issue with his arm sort of atrophying. So yeah. it was a lot smaller mm-hmm. than what it was. And I think that was something that for him, him being in in the limelight, given how he always looked throughout his career, it wasn't, he seemed to like, kind of like sort of all like retire effectively from anything that was kind of on camera at that point when that started to happen. But um, definitely got a legacy and, um, it does seem weird now, in hindsight. Like, I mean, obviously they drew a massive house with Orndorff in Toronto, but it does seem weird in hindsight that you wouldn't go with that for like WrestleMania too. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it
2: drew um, it drew sixty one thousand. That obviously, John Pollock's been doing the Lord's work some brilliant sort of like obituaries to pull on off, yeah. And he put sixty one thousand in nineteen eighty six. That's a huge crowd, isn't it? Especially in sort of like you know a different country.
1: Yeah, I think him I think he said like posted Matt Farmer as saying like during that week they drew hundred and fifty thousand fans across like the different cities. It's all. like wow. make no <laughs> mistake that was that was a big deal of a match, you know, and one that maybe I should have taken yeah. place on a on a bigger
3: stage, perhaps. Not every heel would have drawn that with Hogan, Jesus. So I mean, mm. like shows that they were doing something right. It mm. just makes you wonder if they'd got to that level about whether or not the yeah rather him than King Kong Bundy because when you look back on that, it just. It feels like an obvious, you know, you feed a big bloke to Hogan, don't you? It's followed in that staple, Mm. which obviously the year after is the one where they kind of Mm. really managed to kind of do that with Andre, which is, you know, but they were locked into that pattern. But those kind of figures like drawing that at that point in time.
1: Yeah. It's funny. I have seen Liam mention in the chat there as well. Obviously, we all remember Pretty Wonderful um, from from uh, yeah. lie, in the nineties. But also mentioned there, yeah, he came back in the dying days days of WWE. I do remember that doing something with the Natural Born Thrillers. Um, you know, wow. I remember him still looking good though. You know, I don't know if that uh, that power driver was as uh, as good as it was in his pump But like, I do remember him looking looking well and getting brought back. So you know, that doesn't feel like that long ago, does it? Um, but you know, obviously, he's, you know, seventy one's still not nice to uh, to lose someone up. But you know it's uh you know dying yeah. at 71 is, is is one of those things but yeah obviously uh you know thoughts go out to his family i think it was his son wasn't it there that broke the news on instagram and did say you know yeah. his dad loved the fact that everyone hated him you know because that was his job you know so it was uh, you know he was a uh, seemed someone who was quite uh, thankful of his uh, of his time in wrestling and at least got to live a, a decent life there but yeah definitely definitely a sad one um yeah. But yeah, on that, on that note again, yeah, we've uh, kept you long enough, Martin. Don't worry, we won't keep you past midnight. Um, anything else you want to <laughs> mention? One more plug for the uh, for where the stream is. Uh, well, like I say, all the links will be in the, uh, the podcast description.
2: Yeah, it's so the stream will be at mixlaw.com forward slash BWE live stream. And obviously the Just Giving page, that's the most important part. JustGiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash BWE live stream. And I'm sure we'll get a hashtag going of that on the day. So yeah, obviously... Huge, huge thanks, Beno, for all the support, and obviously to you as well, JP, and obviously the platform to uh, to promote this.
3: Awesome. Absolute pleasure, mate. It's brilliant, brilliant stuff that you're doing. So, like, it's great. Just look after your voice. I know that's the only <laughs> bit of advice I give to either of you. It's plenty of honey and lemon the night before, <laughs> yep. not a few pints. Good plan. Yeah, yeah, good time, we're
2: not boozing throughout the day, yeah. All right, guys. <laughs> anyway, thank you. I'll, uh, I'll let you get to the uh, bulk of the show.
1: See you on right, Saturday, mate. Cheers,
2: mate. Be you
1: later. Bye. And there we go. Yeah, I don't know what I got myself into for there, JP. But you know, couldn't uh, couldn't yeah. let Martin do it alone. Um, okay, if I, if I can even just be there to allow him to get a toilet break or two, I I'll it. I've uh, done my job. But I think with the list of guests we've got there, I think it's going to be a an, an easy job. I think. Like I say, get Will talking. You know, get uh, get some of those other guests going. Get you and Gareth going in that that last hour if me and Martin have lost our voices entirely. We'll be all right. We'll be safe. We're in safe. I
3: think. Yeah, I just think we'll just be powering through there towards the end. But like, yeah, and Martin's a brilliant host, so I know he'll be able to kind of get the most out of um, out of all of the the great guests you got on there. It's just I couldn't like twelve hours fucking ill, and I love a chat. Jesus, <laughs> like even for me, that's God. It'd be like uh, at least you know you can go off tangent and it's absolutely fine. Like I, I, wouldn't even worry about that. Just keep it clean for those first few hours. There you go. Save make, the blue for the end of the night.
1: Make the charity proud. Um, but yeah, obviously we did uh, there's a lot of plug in there, so I won't uh, waste anyone's time with there uh, with the normal grapple plugs. You know where our Patreon is, but I will just a, yes. a quick mention of we uh, we did the uh, the NXT Rise and Fall episode uh, at the weekend. If mm-hmm. you want to want to check that out. That was a fun chat, wasn't it? Going back to the uh, the old days of uh of uh, of NXT oh, yeah. back when we, back where, back when we actually liked it. Remember that? Like remember the, the innocent days yeah. of both Alice's championship. Champion and you know uh owen's turning on zane and you know takeovers with like one big match and a couple of like nice fun undercard matches and maybe a, a solid women's match in the, in the in the middle of the show it was a fun trip down memory lane there uh, chatting about that i don't know if you had any follow-up thoughts jp
3: oh it was um i think it's 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 kind of a very interesting kind of there's a lot of layers to it for the reasons why it works and why it doesn't work and we kind of one of our big things we talk about is this kind of identity crisis of what is it there for? What is it there to actually achieve? Because it starts off as developmental and then becomes a brand. And now it's just part of a way of delivering more content to, uh, to a television partner. And it seems so bizarre. And the idea of developing, it's like the one thing that kind of isn't happening now, but then looking back at the past and looking about, you know, and, and, you know, it's not like we're going back there with kind of like overly romanticized kind of viewpoints about it as well. It's 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 the idea of of kind of the change and I know they love this word evolution, but it's the evolution of NXT Mm. and how it's kind of like evolving into shit. Yeah, think of it like that. Well the thing
1: the thing it mostly reminded me of was like it wasn't it wasn't even like the quality of the product. It's like my attachment to the product has changed so much. Like it was strange looking back at those days and thinking about like how happy I was that Samoa Joe got signed to NXT, and how happy I was when you know, shock of shocks, they acknowledged the fact that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn might have known each other from a previous life, and you know, did that whole angle. I think the biggest thing for me was like how you know we joke about NXT being our brand and all of that stuff that Triple H says. It did kind of feel like in those days it was like unbelievably NXT was kind of like the the counterculture alternative to mainstream WWE. As stupid as we all seem now, that you look back on it and go, I mean they didn't change nothing because none of those fucking you know according to Vince vanilla midgets ever ever made it on the main roster anyway, or at least not to the uh, not to the extent that maybe uh, we all hoped they would. But like we genuinely thought it was business changer thing. It was in the face of well, you know impact was shite ring of honor was shite at the time nxt was like a new japan i was getting you know that that
3: traction you know in the western world we're still only in the early stages of a tanahashi run and it's yeah, a long is- dark road out of like those mid 2000s for them
1: in the yeah. lack of that, it was like our alternative, wasn't it? Which is crazy. And now yeah. it's just a bigger part of WWE, isn't it? AEW have taken their place as the alternative and, you know, away they go to the races. And yeah, that uh, that Gorilla Martin's kind of gone for NXT now, I think.
3: It is. It's like, a, it's like a, a major record label kind of manufacturing an indie band and actually doing quite a good job with like the first album mm. or so. And then realising afterwards they just can't replicate it. Like Mm. And it can't carry on. It's just law of diminishing returns Mm. um, at this point. And then along comes another actual proper option. Mm. And it kind of fades into insignificance. And the idea of that is if you look at the ratings, the ratings they get now are the same number, if not lower than what they were getting when they were head-to-head with Dynamite. Mm. That tells you they have not grown that audience at all. And the floor is lower. Mm. Like the floor for this, I, I say it now, how long are we away from half a million and lower and the rest of it? And then at that point you start to get into television executives going, this is not delivering anywhere near the ratings that we're expecting. Mm. Um, and they've hotshotted everything they can do. Mm. That's the other side of this. They've got it's very the same there for it. It's
1: the same blokes, in it? You know, Gargano and yeah. Champa and Cole and whoever just – I saw an interview call today where he literally said, "You know, I have no plans to go to the main roster. Of course you haven't, mate, because you're four foot tall and 100 pounds. Like you haven't got a fucking chance on the main roster. Yeah. You, you, what What Adam Cole needs to do is fucking bide his time and let let his contract run out and get himself over with his wife in AEW. You know, she's throwing fucking Saudi Arabia jabs this last week. He knows. He knows what's going on. He goes to those AEW after parties. He knows he's got a you know his best mates with the books. He knows he's got a great job over there. I suppose it's a smart move for someone like him to just yeah bide his." Time and hide in nxt but it does unfortunately cause that logjam at the top we talked about and you know when the show is stale as it is and then yes. when it stopped being the alternative that it was and now it is just another two hour you know time suck on, on a tuesday on usa network that i forget happens mm-hmm. most weeks and i'm sure you only remember because you do the uh the daily updates on a wednesday morning like it doesn't feel like anyone's got an appetite for current nxt it, i don't know what 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 niche it serves <laughs> anymore
3: it's yeah it's what the audience for that is basically wwe audience mm. it's the same audience for raw i'd imagine they've had that kind of crossover it's just part of a viewing habit of the really hardcore of the hardcores mm. and it, it's it's getting to that point where it, 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 it you just don't know who this appeals to and it's also underwhelming i mean we don't watch it it never really enters my head even when it. we
1: have a, a like a, a week like last week where there's fuck all to talk about, and we still go two and a half two hours, fifteen minutes. Yeah. Thanks to everyone who joined in, by the way. <laughs> more you know. interesting things to talk about. <laughs> yeah, even talking about the fact that nothing. Show. I'd rather talk yeah. about than that. Yeah, than, than throw NXT on. It's shocking, isn't it?
3: Um, yeah, but yeah, that wasn't... like it's jumped up RAW mm. as far as I can tell. I mean, mm. and it's the same really for all of their programs, and that's really the killer is the fact that it fits in with the RAW and a SmackDown. Mm. and a weird hierarchical system that says we can't move people up to the roster. And, it's you know, you look at the Gagano and Champer thing. It's like, why aren't they going to get moved up? Because they're going to get misused. Why are they going to get misused? Because they don't know what to do with them. It's like, well, why have them there in the first place? Well, yeah. we don't want the other side to have them. That's it. We don't want other people to have them, so we're going to have this. And they don't know what to do with them. And they don't want to let them go because they know that other people will use them better. Because mm. they can't. Mm. And, like, it, all of these things, as with all of this, just comes back to the idea of just poor creative. Mm-hmm. Poor, let a say, non-existent creative that's not done in any logical way. So people aren't move up. You don't recycle people. You could give people holidays, give Randy Orton six months off, come back. Give him a couple of fucking
1: years. I I would just say one with
3: one-way a- ticket. <laughs> Mate, you love barley. Off you go. <laughs> Half a million. Sit there. I think. I think. He Garrett. Would buy him. Garrett
1: nailed it. Sit there and with his wife. <laughs> Hey, he'd be happy. He wouldn't care, would he? Be I, right, don't care in the world. No, I thought I thought Gareth nailed it when in bags in uh, uh, peace, mate. <laughs> when he, he described uh, Gargano and Champer as the uh, the Dolph Ziggler and Miz of, uh, of NXT. Like that is that is where we are now. I think you, if anything a Randy Orton had fucking freshened things up <laughs> for an NXT. Maybe do that. Send them down for a year, work with the work rate lads, teach them how to work the hard cam, <laughs> JP. There you go, you could sort it of out.
3: Uh... It would be awful. It would be drama mixed in with his headlocks. like <laughs> right. It's kind of like an idea of hell, mm. to be honest with you. I think Gagano's mm. winning that title, by the way, <sighs> from carrying cross. I think they're doing that because Cross will get moved up mm. and fail very, very quickly. It's mm. just whether or not it's record speed failure. Mm. Remember Damien P- Priest was gonna get a big push in the rest of it. Was he? Is that real? Well, it's It'd be a special present for his fortieth uh, birthday.
1: Anyway. Oh, I remember because he got the hot tub picture taken with Triple H, didn't he? Like, remember that? The, one of the worst, yeah. the worst mark picks of all time, where Triple H was awkwardly like hovering over a hot tub with forty year old Damian Priest. Oh, yeah, I remember them days.
3: Yeah, it was. It was bad. Hmm. And it's and it's yeah. It's it's just as a as a place. It's this kind of. Uh, well, it's like yeah. Goes to your point, you no
1: know, Nixon you You know that that's that's relevant to this week. You know mm-hmm. she's she turned up on SmackDown this week because you know the they, they haven't got a women's division anymore, and obviously Bailey's having to to take nine months off because she got injured, mm-hmm. go into a training session at the performance center because apparently you know somebody at Bailey's level apparently still needs to needs to train and, and get those reps in and ring and then yeah. you know it nine months off. Um, they've lost their so this like, isn't
3: her training with younger wrestlers to this help her doing bump because she's been
1: forward rolls <laughs> forward roll class with, uh, with Robbie Brookside probably um, or as, a, as American and uh, bollocks throwing the blood. feet in
3: the wrong position yeah hmm. that stuff
1: yeah and then she got hurt but yeah you know Proof in the pudding. Nixon you'll gets pulled up after they've spent like weeks and weeks doing that like battery running out of juice thing to to build up a Return nice. to NXT. Right hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing. Triple H just got no power on that company. Man. I'm telling you, like he he's a he's a what's the, he's a figurehead. He's not actually a person who actually can control anything anymore
3: exactly it's it's we're back to you know for all intents and purposes running ovw which i imagine makes paul Heyman laugh from afar. <laughs> just to go that's basically where you've ended up mm. yeah you can do this stuff it can exist in a vacuum it's got a much bigger budget and his performance mm. center but ultimately everything you do here doesn't make any sense mm. because in logical world you'd be using all the footage and everything else to build up people coming in as being a big deal with all of this footage and everything else that you will have filmed for all these years of their journey in nxc none of which ever gets used. Like you never see it. It's like, like, there's like an edict not to do that stuff. So yeah, it's, I, I, I would say like, make the money while you can, while you're there. And if you're on the women's side, what I would say for someone like Tegan Knox is, this is as much of an opportunity as any, really mm. and I think that's the, that's the hottest side of the, the kind of roster and really if you think we were talking about it it's like it's the big legacy of, of NXT is, is how it sort of changed the face of women's wrestling in, in America mm. on that kind of mainstream level no. yeah so l- listen to, to much more kind of insight like that on, uh, on Patreon
1: there you go. And that's the last of the plugs we'll do, promise. Um promise. But... Oh, I
3: was going to mention the Australian wrestling club, which <laughs> okay. will I say exactly that last... at the end as well. <laughs> go on, mention it, throw it out. I know, it's, it's I'll, mention, I'll mention it I'll mention more towards the end. Yeah, it's up on the free feed. I'll talk about it more towards the end. Okay. So we're getting some stuff. <laughs> well,
1: we'll get into the, some of the uh, the last week then. Uh, in that case, in JP, there's uh, plenty plenty to talk about. I mm. don't know where you want to start. UFC, ROH Best in the World, <sighs> AW Dynamite. There's some New Japan, there's some Nowhere. Uh, Battle Riot took place this weekend. Are we not going to, are we going to lead off with Battle Riot, JP? Come on.
3: I I didn't even want to give away spoilers on the I, Daily the I didn't know if you had.
1: When's well, yeah, it? What's going on? That's,
3: <laughs> at some point, it's going to be up on YouTube, and it's like, well, that's not really good enough. Mm. Um, I read some stuff that's happened about it. I'm trying to keep it as unspoiled as possible mm. until it's kind of there to be able to watch, but mm. because otherwise, then I'm, it's just like I'm giving. Results for a television show, kind of like weeks in advance, and the rest of it, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. LAX, like, really really there. Like I saw the that for spoilers, those.
1: or a new LAX, even with, uh, with Daniel yeah, like and Julius uh, Smokes.
3: Julius Smokes, and, <laughs> Julius Smokes. and uh, uh, yeah, that's hey, look, I'm all right with that. Okay. Who wants to bring a slice boogie? Isn't there you there? go, he's the other one with yeah. them as well.
1: <laughs> the mystery man who you were so excited about, just based on his name.
3: <laughs> it's a good. I I don't know why AEW didn't ask like Santana and Ortiz to be able to use that. Mm. Like I, because I, I think it's a great name mm. as well. I just think it's a, a really good name. It was just like it was one of those gimmicks. As soon as they did it with Homicide and uh, and Hernandez, um, mm. it was Homicide and Hernandez. The original, yeah, the original. Yeah. So it was like it was great. Well, it was Homicide and a bunch evidence. of. us.
1: Uh, Hernandez was one. I'm sure there's a bloke called Angel or something. There was a few different r- versions of, but that's yeah. a, that's the
3: one we all remember. Yeah, and then this the, the kind of Santana and Ortiz. But yeah, MLW, why not? And then they did have some stuff about Azteca Underground as well. So God knows what's happening with that. <laughs> um, where do we start? off? We we'll start off with UFC. What else? Few ones. Did you did you did you watch? Oh, we're not going to go in depth necessarily in on it. It's uh, I just watched another Conor McGregor he's a he's a busted flash he's gone
1: i was um on saturday night i like i had a couple of you know drinks in the house and watched a couple of films and stuff fell asleep literally woke up it was five in the morning and i was like go on then i'll give it a try so i'll try one of uh one of the watch wrestlings and see if anyone's uh <laughs> if anyone's got the uh the fight going and it was literally connor was just hitting the cage and you know it was an exciting it was i'm not bothered about UFC one bit anymore but it was a was an exciting round he was getting fucking battered and then yeah it couldn't happen yeah. to a nicer guy steps back and uh, and snaps his own ankle, which I'm guessing happened on one of those uh, those the checks of the the kicks earlier on. But yeah. Yeah, he'll like I said which to you on the weekend Mario show JP said. WrestleMania 2022, mate. Um, or maybe twenty-three, I think I said twenty-three. Twenty-three is my bet. He'll be on it, mate. He won't be you
3: won't be you won't be fighting by yeah. that. After he's fought Jake Paul, mm. because that's the kind of route for him. Yeah, he's what had one win in five years. Mm. And his personal reputation, like there was a time I was like, you know, Conor McGregor was fighting. I was kind of excited. He's like, yeah, I know he's a dick, but he's like this super talent from Ireland, which doesn't happen all of, all of the time. And then all the various horrific stories that you read and see, hear about him, the behavior that never kind of changes where it's just become so much more boorish and fucking he's so much of an asshole. Hmm. And you look at someone like Poirier kind of generally handles himself with class has matured and grown over the time, like sort of good, intelligent fighter as well. And when he's on the floor, like the whole big thing with McGregor is like in adversity, you see who you really are. And it's like when you saw who he really was, like with kind of just mouthing off, blaming other guy, death threat, shouting about his wife, mm. all of this stuff. And it's just like it's bullshit. Mm. You're you're the guy, he is the guy now who you put up against your younger lightweights and welterweights to get that big, you know, i say big pay-per-view. It's going to be law of diminishing returns from here. Mm. It's going to be like, you know, you put him in there up against the younger ones, so he loses. Mm. Uh, well, and he will lose, because one thing he hasn't really ever learned to do is wrestle. Mm. And that's kind of part of, of UFC as much as anything else. But yeah, him getting... You know, and there were points like that crowd again, naturally were like kind of booing Poirier and the rest of it. But I think like looking at, looking at the momentum, the fact it was six months after the last fight and that was felt pretty definitive when Poirier beat him there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I would say wrestling for him in, in 2023, like that feels... Have him, have him in one of those celebrity boxing matches. He shockingly loses to Jake Paul. We all mm. talk about whatever happened to Conor McGregor. He's getting beaten up by YouTubers. Then he appears in wrestling.
1: <laughs> I think you're on you onto something there. I think that's the way it's going. Um, yeah, it's weird because like you still see so many wrestlers cheering him on, like uh, like on, on Twitter and stuff. Like he's for whatever reason he's like you know he's still he's still a hero mm-hmm. to some. Uh, I love the the ghost went on that a, a long time ago for me. Um, but yeah, I mean I I, I joked about it with you on Friday. I, I honestly didn't even know this fight was coming up. That's all. Like mm-hmm. that's where we are, you know. And he was very subdued in the build up to it anyway. I thought and didn't seen himself and he just feels desperate at this point. You know that picture of him, you know, sat there in the corner of the cage, like you said, doing death threats and talking about uh, Dustin Poirier's wife and you know want, wanting this, wanting this rematch and all of that. It was just uh, just getting yeah. dire second-hand embarrassment, really, um, from that. And I did. It's
3: the Black Knight from Monty Python: The Quest for the Holy Grail. Like mm. that's what it is. It's mm. it's you know, his foot's broken. It's like mm. merely a scratch like and just looking stupid kind of talking smack with it as well so yeah he's and one of the yeah it's one of the things as well as about the general level of unpleasantness about him Mm. like it's that thing as well like you wonder you just think well that baby face turn is going to be very very hard Mm. humble conor mcgregor and the rest of it it's not gonna it's not gonna sell
1: no that's true yeah, um, but you yeah, know yeah, yeah, yeah. they'll you do re- the fight. You, sowed, you, they'll do it. He'll be back. They'll do the fight. He'll lose. Will WrestleMania
3: after that? It's coming. Sadly, I could see a situation where he ends up fighting for the title. Mm. That's the thing that I worry about. This where like Poirier wins like an inter- wins the title, whether it be from a Charles Oliveira, who's the the champ who was there at ringside as well, looking quite exceptional in some bizarre gold suits that he was wearing beno was like a sight to behold mm. but yeah um and if that happens and then if he comes out of rehab and you go it's a fourth fight if you're poirier you go yeah because i'll kick his ass mm. i'll kick his ass it will apparently like dana white is saying this does like one and a half million you know which when we think about it, it's 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 what, probably more expensive than um than a AEW pay-per-view and it does 10 times the amount of buy rate, you know, or even 15 times as many the amount of buy rates. That's the kind of tragedy, isn't it? mm-hmm. It's that he fucking sells, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, and he will. There'll be diminishing returns, but he'll continue to sell. But yeah, I think that, uh, that bottom pointer. Uh... Will will come soon, but no, that was a a fun little uh, thing that happened uh, this weekend. But mm. also, um, there's some uh, wrestling uh, shows going on this weekend as well. Like I yeah. joked about it, unfortunately, yeah, no, uh, no MLW battle right yet on tape, but we'll uh, we'll look forward to whenever uh, you know. Uh, caught is is magic and uh he's, he's, i saw him tell someone on twitter he was going to make it available for the europeans it's not just going to be a, a in thing um i'll believe that when i see it so mm. uh we'll wait for that review but uh what did happen this weekend that we both did watch was uh the ring of honor pay-per-view best in the world and obviously mm. once again, we'll get into aw and uh and new japan after this as well but is the uh the freshest show of the weekend and tell you what it was a good little show that jp i was uh like i say i was up on yeah. saturday and i did i watched a bit of the pre-show but didn't watch the uh the rest of it live um but like as far as like a an easy to watch show yes there were a couple of um, low moments earlier on yes it was maybe a little bit rushed towards the end i think is uh, is very fair, fair to say mm-hmm. as well but you know it had a it, the pun. not just one or two it had a number of matches on this show that like i'm not you know throwing rows, i'm not saying the five star matches but you know three and a half to three three and 3 quarter to Potentially four stars for one of the matches on this show. Um, there was like a run there of four or five matches that I, I really enjoyed, and you know we talked when we talked about it on the pre, we previewed it on Friday. I don't think we realised this was a show with fans, and to be honest, there weren't that many of them there. So you know it still kind of wasn't. Well, I said to
3: you, they would only sold about four hundred odd <laughs> oh, tickets. Oh, you
1: did say you know, like that, you know, two days before it, yeah. the show.
3: It's, I think I and still... it's a much bigger arena, but I think they topped it at seven hundred. But it looked like they were struggling to sell that.
1: they were trying to like it felt a bit like they were trying to distance the fans from even the ring but then it just meant they were more in the dark and you couldn't really like it it just didn't look good did it you want to make the most of it i think if you've got a live crowd there and you want it to to sound good as well i don't think they took good advantage of that myself
3: and that's the strange thing because this sort of coincides with their best production values that they've ever had Mm -hmm. as a company. And the lack of a kind of what looked like the crowd, it reminded me of some of those impact tapings mm. they used to do. This is around an era when Bobby Lashley was championed incredibly, but it was so dark. You couldn't mm. see the, um, you couldn't see the audience a lot of the times because they're doing it to hide away the dark spaces. Cause there's obviously no one up in the upper tiers or anything else like that. So mm. mainly it's a kind of crowd on the floor and occasionally they'd focus on them, and you knew there were empty seats. And I suppose in this kind of COVID time, you're going to expect to see that you're not, that you're not expecting to kind of see still at this point sort of full stadiums and the rest of it, unlike UFC, um, but full arenas and the rest of it. You're not kind of expecting it. But yeah, aesthetically that's not great. It felt like that, yeah, you're right with the the guardrail or the the kind of bit around it, that felt like there was a big gap between that and the and the ring in and of itself to kind of space it out. But mm. I would say like from a production standpoint, there's there's been a level of investment going on in here in this company. It feels like from that perspective, like it feels like the Sinclair have thrown something more towards this because there was an advert with the Briscoe brothers. I don't know if you saw this selling kind of like toy, not toy figures of them, but like the kind of, um, Oh, you remember like the be one of like Hulk Hogan and the, and the rest of oh, it. Like the old it's, Hasbro's. It's, no, it's like a kind of like a, a like a kind of cuddly thing.
1: Oh like, right! Oh, I yay. know what you mean. Like they used to be like the warrior yeah. one, like the cuddle
3: so Yeah, mate. got one with the Briscoe brothers. <laughs> then an advert with kids <laughs> and then him res- then wrestling in the rings and then pulling out these buddies. Please. Like yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> rocks got a mask Brisco <laughs> yeah. Briscoe brothers. Buddies. Yeah. Briscoe brothers. And I was like. Why are they doing this? And and I won't lie. For a while, when I saw that, it really threw me off track. And I thought, who is this aimed at? Like, yeah. what ring up? Like the kid fans and ring of Ring of Honor, like which I'm sure Internet Benno from tw- 2005 would just be appalled to see the idea of the Briscoe brothers having something like this just existing. <laughs> but um. But yeah, they they had that, and it made me think. Well, it is on during the day mm. in some of the and some of the affiliates. It has, but the fact they're making these mm. is like in and of itself felt like kind of weird. But mm. um, yeah, there's definitely been a kind of a level of investment certainly around it from like just the general look and and kind of feel of it as a, and it looks more professional in terms of uh, the way that it's filmed. So yeah, from a production yeah. value as well, I, I think those things help. And the commentary team have settled down. I, oh, I, I don't. Caprice Coleman can go a bit over the top, but he's actually. Ricka has been really good and mm. rock solid for like a good period of time. There is a good argument that behind someone like an Excalibur or even like a Tony Schiavone, he's up there with the best commentators in the country. Mm. Uh, sorry, and uh, going around at the moment. Um, and Caprice Coleman is kind of. I I've always thought he's all right. Like, sort of settled into the role. He doesn't have to do the snooker commentary now. And he sort of went a bit like kind of hell for leather with some screams at points. But you know what? He knows the stories. He's just able to get them over. Mm. Um, but apparently, yeah. yeah, the the stream shit the bed.
1: Yeah, that was another thing about it. I mean, yeah, I mean, I I, I like Rick Abonnie as a commentator. I don't particularly like Coleman to be honest. He's just another in a line of I don't know. He's one of them. He just talks, really. <laughs> I don't think there's much substance. You've heard worse, yeah. yeah, definitely, yeah. I mean, if you can ignore him, then, you know, and that's the highest praise I can give any commentator, you know, you're getting away with it. But I do think, yeah, you know, overall as a team, they're, they're decent enough. And, you know, yeah, Joe mentions there in the chat that yeah, on a club did, uh, did shit the bed. Um, I did uh, hear that. And I think some of the, the versions I saw online were, uh, were out there with uh, with no, uh, I think, first couple of matches on there for, for that reason. I mean, that's just, you know, that goes back to, not just Ring of Honor, but you know, Evolve's early days, and yeah, uh, Ring of Honor have had plenty of pay per view shit in the bed moments over the years, and I'm sure uh, Joe remembers as, uh, as well as I do. But I mean, I would say, like, you know, overall, as far as like investments in a company goes, I think Sinclair have done what they've always said they'd do. It's not a glamorous promotion in that like it's never going to be an aw ring of honor i think that was always the problem with like the books and kenny and that you know not so much kenny really the books and cody and that doing doing shots there and you know hoping to 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 be like a an alternative they will ring of honor will pay the wages of wrestlers like that and they made big offers for those guys when they left and they will you know pay the wages of you know x ww talents who want to come in or like give a a good living to a jonathan gresham or somebody like that who's who's not likely to be particularly wanted or, or signed anywhere else but it's purely you know it's a it's a spreadsheet isn't it it's, it's, it's what's coming in and out and as long as they've mm. got you know a, that tv show fills so many hours um across their their various networks like it's worth it for them you know that they, they can they can balance those books and, and make it worthwhile they're never going to make a run on being like this big major promotion they're never going to try and get another tv deal you know they're not going to try and you know get a deal with tnt because well they are a broadcast network. They don't need that. So it kind of has its own space and I don't think we'll ever be any, ever, any bigger again. But I also don't think it would be any smaller again, which again is where it, feel, it feels like mm. a, a nice niche in wrestling. Obviously there is clutter in that space with Impact and MLW as well and even New Japan Strong kind of aiming for those same fans. But I don't know, there's something to be said for Ring of Honor as like the uh, the consistency of, uh, of wrestling, even if it is like, you know, kind of a mid-tier product at that point.
3: Yeah, it's, it's it's a really funny one, sort of Ring of Honor in in twenty twenty one because during the pandemic, and I think we might all have pointed out, like certainly on the weekend show, but they paid all of their wrestlers. They behaved in a way which was kind of proper, mm-hmm. and it felt like it was a business that was kind of looking after its investment. They'd had the issue with Marty Skull, where they said they'd investigated it and they looked into it, and then like there was a, a parting of the ways, and it just sort of felt like they were kind of getting themselves somewhat on track. They've got, in terms of Sinclair, like you say, they provide a lot of content for them mm. and it's easy content to put on that they own. And generally, I mean, there was some swearing during this, but generally it's not too violent or too nasty that it means that it's not going to be the kind of stuff you can put on during the day. Mm. It's generally quite sort of standard TV wrestling fair. Mm. Um, and, and, I think with with this, the issue is really it's it's about a kind of like a growth thing. And I don't know if they really should be almost like thinking about growth in a way. Like some to to the, are post COVID, they're just trying to kind of find out well what really is their place in the marketplace. Hmm. The New Japan relationship they kind of speak of, but they frankly we you know, we're gonna talk about the, Getting pushed the out bit, IW, I IWGP US title being defended on dynamite Mm. um there isn't like now obviously there is issues bringing in wrestlers from japan but it's not like they're using people from new japan strong Mm. not able to do that the deal with cmll has gone Mm. like who else are they gonna be able to kind of work with Mm. um i think they've done a good job building some of the some of the talent there um, I think when we talk about the main event, I think I'm I'm quite happy with that as a world title change. Just to think they need to have absolutely killer matches. I think what raises this pay-per-view above some of the other pay-per-views is like you say that there was a the general structure of starting off and it was generally quite slow. You know, there's a couple of matches that were that weren't very good, and then it just picked up a nice pace. Hmm. And there was just sort of some good, solid matches like back to back to back. And it made you, there wasn't the killer match. That's like you mentioned as well. You're not going to be kind of going off the reservation with this, but it was, it was, a, I would say it was certainly a good show and it was a much easier watch, certainly in like the second half of it. Yeah. It felt like it kind of got there and they've, they've got, a. I will tell you what it feels like as a promotion in terms of from a creative perspective, it feels like there's a bit of direction, which is not always something that's been there.
1: Mm. yeah that's it and that maybe that's what they need you know to maybe stare a bit of interest in the likes of us is, is that direction and to mm. maybe get behind you know some of the right wrestlers and the like and there's there's evidence of that through the show and you know you mentioned there there were you know there were decent matches through the show i would probably say that the pick of the litter if you're looking for a, a match of the night i don't think you disagree um it was uh, with jonathan gresham's uh tip well We'll turn one of uh, of two on the night with Michael Bennett. You know we mm. again made jokes. Second pay per view in a
3: row, he's done that.
1: Yeah, sorry, he's no, he's the star. No, you're right. And like he, you know, Bennett is someone who you know we kind of made light of being in a in a pure title match, and that was actually part of the story. And I thought they told that story really well in that match. Like that was a, I went three point seven five and Grapple, could easily have gone four. Um, I saw a few fours um, floating around on the Grapple app for that one, and going to the averages in a minute, but. You know, I thought, yeah, you know, not even just the match. I think the, the pre-match as well, like that, that promo from Mike Bennett where he talked yeah. about being, you know, people don't respect me. is it? They don't think I'm a I'm a ring of honour type wrestler, you know, that I should be here. And, you know, that that line, if I had the dollar for every time somebody said I don't belong, you know, I'd be a rich man, all of that stuff. He was very good and he's always been a strong talker, yeah. Mike Bennett. And it gave the match some stakes. And then you're in there with Gresham who... You know, I'm not calling Mike Bennett a broom. He's okay. He's a capable wrestler. Mm. But Gresham could have this match with a broom. Every confidence Gresham could get in there with literally anyone and have a match close to this good in this setting, you know, in the in the pure title rules, and yeah, like I say, how many pay per views in a row? Of, you know, when we do dip into Ring of Honor, do we end up talking about Jonathan Gresham and how fucking good he is? That is, he, that is the benefit of a Ring of Honor. Someone like him has a consistent place to work, and he gets to to get a little bit of a spotlight on him. Because yeah, I thought this was a, a fantastic little match. The you know the, the whole rope break uh, stuff for the pure title that doesn't always work for me, but I thought they did a good job of of telling the story of them them losing their their rope breaks through this one. You know, you had the the Gresham submission attempt on the floor and then they got back in the ring and they you know they, they mm. were knocked it down to you know one one uh, rope breaker a, a piece each with uh, both of them wasting a couple and like they they're both you know very good at kind of selling that uh, as part of the story and then yeah i thought the finish was was quite ingenious with yeah you know gresham getting pinned by bennett and getting the uh, the visible pin but bennett but uh but gresham's foot is under the rope so therefore he loses his last rope break Immediately grabs uh, grabs Bennett into a leglock and and gets that that uh, that submission victory. I thought that was a, a really nice uh, element of the story. Kind of showed that the fish out of water that Bennett is. That Gresham's got that little bit of extra experience uh, following these rules. And like I say, I think the pure title matches can be a bit hokey, and they do force the weird rules. You know, the three rope breaks and the uh, you know the, the the close fists and the the twenty count on the floor stuff. You know a little bit too much sometimes in these matches but i thought this was a, a good example of the style and i thought uh yeah it re- worked really well as a match and i thought both men came out with, the, with their but their stock higher coming out of it it's
3: yeah it's really funny we've we apparently are in a complete agreement about a pure match which i know like for you there's the this is where me having not watched the kind of pure era of the john walters and the like and you having sat through all of it as well. And you've <laughs> made clear on another Mailing. podcast as well. Mm. Uh, but it's, but it's true. It, it This felt like it was like the best example of it. And Gresham is the best figurehead for mm. this wrestling style, to be honest with you, that because of his height and because there isn't that kind of distance, the fact that he's able to just sort of clamp himself onto his opponent makes him just more interesting for this particular style. And I'm with you. The story of this match was great. And if you think about what is pro wrestling kind of meant to its core, it's like you want to elevate both people. And it does that because the whole thing was, well, Bennett doesn't really have the credibility to be doing this because, hey, Mike Bennett's always been a look and a promo and he's not really as much of a wrestler. Mm. And here he was great, but it was also the fact that he wasn't, it, it, it was about the fact that, that Gresham was incredibly cocky throughout mm-hmm. loads of this. And it wasn't the case of they just looked at a, a size differential and thought, well, he's going to have to be the bullying guy with Gresham on there. It was like, it worked better that way. And and then Bennett being able to kind of come back and then shocking Gresham into using the rope breaks against it, which kind of like wind, winds him up at the start. I mean, I really thought the ebb and the flow, and a thing that I like about the rope breaks is they kind of add a sort of ebb and flow to the match. So if you've got a wrestler who's only got one rope break, there's like that that bit of drama that gets add, added to it as well. And like you say, they managed to kind of put an element of stakes to this. And when I, um, uh, I think at the time when I recorded the update, I was like halfway through the show. I hadn't got to this. So I kind of knew the result anyway going in. And um, I thought to myself, like, I was I didn't know about this false finish when it had happened. I was like, eh? and I was like, oh no, he'll have his leg under the rope, wasn't it? And I was like, oh no, that was really good. <laughs> um it, it it was I went 3.75 as well. And I think it was ab- like this is kind of what this match is there to do. And it went 20 minutes and for me it didn't drag like I thought it did well. It's the best Mike Mike Bennett match I've ever seen. Oh, God, yeah. I'm confident, confidently. I confident can't
1: that. think of any other Mike Bennett matches I've ever seen. Like, no. that's, that tells the tale, does <laughs> Name I, another one. Name one I, quiz. Pop quiz. Three no. seconds, go. Three,
3: two, one. I can't, I can't one. remember what happened. There'll be other people in the kingdom like, Probably had those matches. He's probably, yeah.
1: I'm sure he were like, Tanahashi and stuff, you know, back when they were doing, like, the New Japan show. I thought he, oh, so was it was the tags he worked in New Japan. There you go, there's them. Um, but, like, He's the, he's a bit of a faceless man, is he he? Mike Bennett, like, uh, mm. you know. Uh, that's
3: a good out. story, though, of mm. someone who's really turned his life around and stuff like that. Seems like a decent bloke, like, doesn't he? You know, given him that. He does. And he, and I think here as well, like, he's, he's found that kind of spot in the niche and he is that kind of much more veteran hand. And I think, like, in some ways, there isn't many of those wrestlers, like, kind of around in Ring of Honor and they could do with a few of those if you're going to get him to work up against I don't know Dak Draper someone like that it's absolutely fine you could put him in there
1: it was the natural landing spot when he left WB. You know, we all mm. knew he'd, uh, he'd end up back in there uh, doing something with Taven and whatever. And yeah, based on this, uh, I did enjoy him. Um, so yeah, maybe I'll remember another uh, Mike Bennett match uh, going forward. But yeah, uh, this was uh, an average of 3.89 uh, right now on the on the grapple app. It's quite uh, quite fresh on there as far as ratings go. But I think that's still, that's still mm. strong. Basically a, a four-star match. And probably as strong as a recommendation as I'd give anything else on this card. I mean, I, I did see people, mm. you know, going quite high with with in with and Bandido um, as the main event. I suppose that's the the other big match on this card. I don't know. I feel like both those lads flatter to deceive sometimes, Like especially Roosh. I, I, Roosh is, again, like Bennett. He's someone who struggles to name matches that I particularly enjoy these done in the United States. Bandido is someone who, you know, slots him in there with the right person and, you know, I'll I'll throw roses at it. But. I don't know, I didn't know about this one. I went 3.25 on it. I can see that the grapple average is, uh, is 3.52, so there are clearly people higher. I can see a couple of four-star ratings in there as well, but I don't know. just didn't really land for me, and I don't think anything Rush has done in the minimal Ring of Honor we watched has really landed for me, and I'm not... I don't know, I think it may be a better place to say maybe what the reasoning is there. Well, what What's going on with Rush and Ring of Honor? Why is he dropping the belt? Even?
3: Yeah, it's a really strange one, and that's how I come out of this match, just thinking it's very, very strange. And mm. it, I think it was strange because... Initially, he just had too much of Roosh on top. Mm. Like, he felt like he was on top for, like, a kind of eternity. And Bandido's kind of selling away. Um, but the issue is always with Rouge. Like, the matches that he's most famous for in Mexico, like the matches in, like, LA Park and, and, and the rest of it, and the they're still at their core, core like, arena-wide brawls with him bleeding and getting the kind of reaction from fans who have a history of him being the over-pushed baby face and CMLL and them hating and rejecting him. And you'd always hear about Meltzer talking about this, like they really hate Roosh. They absolutely hate him. And then, but the issue is here is it's a different kind of working style and his English isn't strong enough to be able to kind of connect with the audience in that way. So really, again, it becomes a look and an entrance, but again, like all of these matches like there is a ceiling I think it's three and a half stars for him really and I went 3.25 for this as well because even though I like the idea of Bandido as champion as having like kind of better matches I also think as well like it's the kind of thing if you're looking to stick out and you're looking to kind of broaden your market they've made an effort to go much more down the kind of luchador route than a lot of other promotions so it makes sense from that perspective I think Bandido versus Dragon Lee is something to look forward to if they do that I think that could be a a kind of a a really really good strong match if they built it properly and it it delivers on that but yeah this with Roosh it was it's just not going to work with him in the US I think Mm -hmm. if we're going to be honest he isn't going to develop enough as a wrestler to be good enough to work with, say, a Jonathan Gresham, right. if they were having that type of a match. I just think of that as being a complete clash of styles. And I don't know if he's good enough to adapt to that style for other people. Hmm. Whenever we saw him in New Japan, he was just an odd fit. It didn't work. You'd hear, oh, Roosh is coming and He's tagging with Naito for the tag league. And it's just like he's kind of underwhelming and he's there. And yeah, he's got a good physique but he's the kind of person really you think he's tailor-made for WWE. Mm. That's really what I think he, if he was going to go anywhere in its own odd way, he's the kind of person who should go there. Like, and like they want, they try and do the same Andrade character with other people like Santos Escobar and the like, but they're all variations on this. And, and Rush's character, it seems like it's, it's out of that sort of same same area as well but yeah i didn't i didn't enjoy on it as much and i think the stuff with the finish the fact that they were like ripping off the mask and it was falling off and he wasn't wanting to show his face So when he wins it felt kind of like muted like the camera didn't want to focus on him so you never got that big moment that whole moment felt muted to be honest. Like maybe that's part of
1: my negativity towards this. It's like, yeah, it, it kind of like, yeah. So he wins, the Bandido wins the title. And then like, because they're in a rush, because they're in our pay-per-view time, you know, he immediately Todd Sinclair gets thrown out the ring and then, you know, Kenny King and, and the lads all, all run out and we get a beat down and, you don't really. I mean, you kind of got a rushed call at the end of it, and you didn't really get like a a big mm. show closing. Like, you know, this is our first show back in front of fans. Look at this new champion we've got. Surely, do this beat down on TV. You know, let us have the the nice moments of Banditos, the you know the new uh, ROH champion, and you know it's a new era and all of that stuff. Instead, it kind of the show went off with like. I don't know, a bit of a negative feel to it really, because they had to they had the match wasn't great for starters, you know, but even the shortcuts they use, you know, with the table one building on and they like didn't just didn't do it for me. Um and then, yeah, like I say, they haven't winning it in, in that in that manner and then they have the angle and then it gets rushed off. Yeah. Just it didn't really the execution of it as much as I think I'd agree yeah. with the idea of putting the bells on Bandito, and I think he is the type of guy you can have in those like flagship main events. As far as like again, I don't always think he's the best guy in the match, but he can certainly have very good matches with with other guys who are of a high level. You know, I agree with that in principle, but yeah, I don't know. Something about this just felt a bit flat to me.
3: Yeah, I agree with you. I I didn't know if they they rushed it because of pay per view time but also the fact he'd lost his mask. Hmm. And so they were trying to almost cover up for that as well. At the same time, I just wondered between the two, but then looking at the time of the show is like two hours, 56. So they were like, hmm. so like pretty much adamant of getting the hell out of there as well. And it also seemed like they're, they're, they're setting up a dragon leaf face turn at the same time. Like I, I, th- I think you just mentioned and like, you know, he wasn't joining in, putting his foot on the chest and everything. So it was like, you're adding that into the mix along with, you haven't let, a guy winning the world title, brief before you've mm. done an angle that really you could just do on the TV. Yeah. You just have him come out, I've won the title, and then he gets beaten down by... LFI, as they call them, but I always want to say MFI, <laughs> unfortunately.
1: I want to say LFO. Um, <laughs> yeah, <definitely. laughs> yeah, maybe that's what it was. But I mean, mentioning Dragon Lee, I mean, we should talk, you know, the other, other highlights we've got from the show. Mm. That was another highlight I have from me is his match with Tony Depp, oh, and yeah. I felt like it delivered three. You know, to a three and a half star level. But, you know, as far as just a, a fun sprint, you know, again, that that was coming at a time where it did feel like the pay-per-view had, uh, had gone on fast forward because they were terrified of a uh, of run out of time. But... Talk about two lads who can go out there and deliver you a, a match on fast forward. There wasn't much in the uh, in the way of selling in this thing. It was a very much a, a big moves fest. It's the type of match I can imagine Grapple character not getting much enjoyment out of. But you know, I don't think it, it it stretched credibility too much. I think Tony Deppin's a good guy to to throw in there. He might throw in a silly suicide dive Canadian destroyer himself, but he will often ground the other guy that he's in there too and, you know, give the match a, a bit more uh, realism that it might have otherwise and yeah I thought these two had a, had a fun three and a half hour sprint on the show that was one of my other highlights from the show that if you'd agree with that or there's a there's other stuff you want to reference JP
3: no I went three and a half on that as well I thought that was really good fun that match um, I think Deppin's come a long way I think his looks come a lot way um, they're like it was so super way it's very weird the faction he's in ultimately with Brody mm. King Chris Dickinson and oh, um, yeah. oh what's his name um homicide. Fucking hell, how can I forget that?
1: Don't forget but homicide, Jason. Same- Come on. Be careful, yeah, you're on the sorry. line with it.
3: I, <laughs> I know. Terrible stuff, isn't it? Um, but I really enjoyed this. Um, I thought Deppen is more than able to kind of deliver on sort of big high spots and will do enough wacky shit. So yeah, a um a what is it, a plancher that turns into a uh, sunset destroyer is mm. absolutely wild. But I thought this, in general, like was a really fun sprint of a match, and I think because it was different to some of the other stuff that, had, that had kind of come before it as well, that made it more fun. And I enjoyed it. It was the sensible finish with Dragon Lee winning because clearly he's on a higher tier; they're paying him a lot more. But they've got they've done well out of Tony Deppen, and Tony mm-hmm. Deppen felt like someone they were kind of bringing in, like. <laughs> You know, not all of the time, but just a little bit as well. And um, and now he's become a kind of regular on on the roster as well. He's doing well. He's he's someone generally you have a lot of goodwill for when you kind of like see and follow him around on on, on the matches he does. But he's certainly improved. Hmm. Like, and he's definitely like a kind of for someone like a, a a ring of honor. I think he's a really good addition to that mid card. Yeah, and he played, his, he played his right. He played his. Perfectly good fun. Three and a half stars.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed as well. Uh, Brody Lee J Lethal. I thought that was a good bit of business. Yeah. If nothing else, you know, not like you know, you might look at the the grapple ratings for that one, and you know, it's not particularly a, a highly rated uh, match at this point. You know, it's going at an average of sort of three point five two. That's pretty decent, but like I think it, it's almost like the the purpose of the match you probably needs to be taken into account. It was mm. like it's like you know when we talk about rating movies and it's like, well how do you rate the, you know, the perfectly done action movie or the perfectly done art house movie. This was a squash for all intents and purposes. So <laughs> if anything, three and a half stars is actually pretty strong for for a squash match. And it was as the commentary kept putting over and this was a match where I thought the commentary was particularly strong. It was eighty percent Brodie Lee and twenty percent Jay Lethal. Um and yes, Jay Lethal got the the little hope spot near the end, but, you know, uh, they had Brody can take take back over, hit the the Gonzo bomb. Was it twice, three times um, mm. to get the dominant but clean win? It was one of those matches where it was like, yeah, this is what they set out to do. Jay Lethal someone who, let's all be honest, he's not getting signed by AEW. He's not going to New Japan. He's not going anywhere else in his career at this point. This is the the peak of Jay Lethal's uh, career as being this. I don't know. He's almost like an ROH, res, um, ROH legend through inertia. Like, it's like he's just been around for long enough that it's like, and he's won enough belts. So it's like, oh, he's a, he, you know, when they do yeah. promos, they will be like, you know, I want to be like, you know, like the Mike Bennett promo. would be like, yeah, you know, like Brian Danielson and Samoa Joe and CM Punk and Jay Lethal. It's like, you, you've got to slip some. the rankles them.
3: you big time.
1: <laughs> yeah, they always throw him in. Like, I don't mind when they do Jay Briscoe. He's got the, uh, the history of uh, being the, the greatest tag team in Ring of Honor history and being a Guy who's been around for a very long time. Jay's just what he's just been there for long enough that they've given him plenty of things. And he is a solid enough wrestler. He's a the word is professional wrestler. That's what Jay Lee Thillies is a professional wrestler. Anyone out there like the professional that he is and put over Brody Lee Strong because you know. Brody King, sorry, Brody, Brody King. King, stronger. Um, you know, because what else is he is he going to do in that in that moment? Is he going to say no? Probably not at this uh, this point in his career. But I thought it was a good bit of business to set up Brody King is a potential um, future challenger. Yeah, great clip match to, uh, to have on this card.
3: Yeah, I, I went three point two five on it, and I was meaning and like you, I wrote this down. I was like, well, this was a squash designed to get Brody King over, and I think he did that. And I was also very glad to be watching a Ring of Honor pay-per-view where I wasn't bothered going, Jay Lethal shouldn't be in this position. He shouldn't be in this kind of this far up the card. He's being like still around the kind of main event scene. You need to move beyond this because it's it's not reminding people of a strong era of Ring of Honor, frankly. Hmm. But they got him over great. Like the fact that Jay Lethal sold it, because he wasn't going to wrestle in the t- he didn't wrestle in the tag match afterwards. I thought I thought the spot when he had him sat on the chair and he just sort of came along and just sort of like did the um, cross body onto him through that. I thought that was kind of great, but it was what it was supposed to be. And I think these this is a type of match we don't often see enough. Where and you mentioned Brody Lee, funnily enough, I think of like the Brody Lee Cody match and like there's the idea if you do that kind of short squash relatively short squash because you're trying to get someone over as a monster this is slightly longer than that Hmm. but I think it did the job he again depending on what the deal with New Japan Brody King looks like someone they should be bringing in Hmm. like if we if you're gonna be ushering out a bad them. luck Farley, then fuck me get this lad in instead like he, he's he, you know he's he is more than good enough for mid-card new japan
1: hmm. yeah i think that's uh, very fair to say um but yeah good to see Ring of honor going going strong with him hmm. um yeah i suppose they were, they were the most notable things on the show for me anything else you, you want to the reference from the undercard on this thing jp
3: I suppose a couple of things, really. I mean, I, the the tag match was kind of like a quite fun plunder match at points. It was kind of weird. Which one? The one Gresham. with uh, Gresham? Oh, yeah, the one that Gresham came out for, where it was him and Rhett Titus. And the idea was it was meant to be Jay Lethal hmm. and Rhett Titus, but he got so badly beat up by Brody King. I was very happy when they did that. But then also reading this morning, I was like, even on the Daily Update, I was like, right, Gresham appears to have been in this match. I'm not quite sure because it's meant to be Jay Lethal, and then they, you know, kind of explained that,
1: Yeah, explain the fact.
3: Yep, explain the fact why Gresham would lose. Mm. Perfectly logical. Logical. He doesn't lose anything from it. Brutal cop killer from Homicide. Oh. Who I have to. How old is Homicide at this point? Mid forties. Yeah, I think mid forties. Yeah, and he's banged up. He's very banged up. Like he's, he's very up. banged up. Yeah, he did a lot more here than I expected him to do. Like, I really did. Like, he did a lot more. There was a couple of bits he did on to... There were various kind of dives that were really ridiculous at points for this, but I thought Homicide at uh, Dickinson looked really good. Mm. Um. Uh, and, yeah, I have funny feeling that the next direction they're going to go in is Jonathan Gresham versus Homicide. You could do it based on the finish. I think you could do it. They've got a couple of shows coming up. I think they're doing at the 2300 Arena, um, Glory by Honor. Mm. And it seems like the kind of perfect match you'd be doing there, to be honest with you. Mm. Or if you're going to be around like kind of New York, like it'd be Gresham versus Homicide. I think there's there's something in that. There's a good bit of steam. I think Gresham would get something from it. I think it's a good utilisation of Homicide as Mm. well.
1: Definitely, yeah. And I like the way they're using homicide. You know, putting them in this tag, and you know, there's part of me that does enjoy homicide winning the uh, the Ring of Honor tag titles, even if the the, uh, the same old uh, tag titles that he. That he that he wanted he would have wanted in the uh, in the mid two thousands uh, and chased Dan Maff off from uh, from holding one half of but you know it is still cool to see and you know he, that cop killer you mentioned to Gresham there like I don't think he had them fully hooked like you could see him like bend over and check Gresham was okay that wasn't that wasn't great um, but it did look brutal and it did kind of make sense because you know Gresham would be tired at that point having having worked a, a previous match so yeah I could see the there
3: being something to uh, to come of that and
1: yeah any time I get to see Chris Dickinson is a good time so yeah him and
3: homicide yeah. as a as a team more of that for me that, that super power bomb he gave to titus through the table was just oh. like and titus missed quite a bit of the table as well didn't he speaking as of right legends of...
1: red titus yeah he's still going apparently
3: <laughs> oh yeah i was wondering that as well i was like how how has he been here for so long uh, almost 20 years oh, like kenny king well, i have to say knows a fair whack of spanish doesn't he He's all right with that in the promos he did. Now, I actually thought his appearances on there, but I've always quietly been alright with Kenny King.
1: You've just reminded Thanks. me. Did did you, did you know who worked the show as a road agent?
3: Chris, Chris Hero. Hero,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean I'm telling like I know we are saying give Bandido. Like, I know, yeah, the, like the tightness of the matches and such, but you know, if Bandido gets that moment at the end of the show, you know, I, I would have been happier if Hero came out and did like a, a stare out with him. Like, we all know it's a bit like the cat's out the bag now. Like, if you debut Hero on the TV tape and it's like, yeah, we all knew he was backstage working as an agent. I'm surprised they didn't have him do something on the show if the are planning on using and going forward. There's like a big splash EP. Mm. Again, if AEW aren't interested in, him, which would be a shame. Great little place for him to land, um, Hero, as far as having like a base to to go off and do other things. I, I want to see him in front of the camera rather than just behind it.
3: Yeah. Uh, I also want to see, I mean, obviously travel restrictions, not with withstanding, but the ability for Hero to be able to go about to a few different places. Because mm-hmm. we, we talk about the American-US independence scene in the time and the kind of people they need. Well, my God, this is <laughs> someone like him definitely. And someone like a Ring of Honor really mm-hmm. would do that. He'd be a massive shot in the arm. We talk about those great matches he's someone who like injury permitting is always able to deliver on those. And hopefully he's had this good bit of time to kind of rest up and feel less banged up as well. So yeah, he'd be just his, his mind in and of itself, but in ring of honor in particular, you can push him as a big commodity because obviously there's a history there and everything else, but there's, Like, at the same time, I think he's big enough star for them to do. And if AEW aren't going to use him... and and In some ways, I wouldn't want him to go there to get lost in the shuffle. And I think Impact's kind of too silly to know really how to use a Chris Hero. Whereas, at least with Ring of Honor, they've got that tape library. Mm. Like, they've got... A lot of footage of Chris Hero, whether it's in the um, Kings of Wrestling or CZW feud, all of this kind of stuff that's there. There's a much better utilization, I think, of him being there. And there's a lot more younger stars who could really do with working with someone like Hero as well. So, yeah. yeah. If that is a pickup and not just a sort of we'll ask him for the one night to come along and help, but mm. then that'd be That's a great pickup for them definitely definitely
1: um any other highlights from the show you wanted to mention before we move
3: on oh this, just, just, i mean this kind of go through some of the things very very quick thoughts on some of the 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 other matches on on the pre-show the the lucha match was kind of fine and fun yeah, i don't lucha get dan, dan yeah it was a pre-show match and it was a lucha pre-show match so it was what it was i mean the Dan Howes and stuff just leaves me completely cold. I don't get it in the slightest. Him and PCO, I could just get... And when you see the bouncers there as well, it's just like, no. This is the part of Ring of Honor that you just want them to move entirely away from. Mm. Like giving big money contracts out to PCO, like 52, whose main thing now is just doing... I sent on on good the night, you know,
1: good, for him. good for it. Although he are... Continuing yeah, no, to kill rugby. himself in front of nobody, unfortunately.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Mm. Um, but yeah, the the other stuff on there is just those early matches, they felt like they kind of dragged i mean i thought ec3 versus flip gordon was actively bad i was fucking bored senseless remember
1: when we all thought ec3 was going to be like the future of the industry like (laughs) great Mm. promo you know great look great act the impact run was fantastic after that like yeah maybe we were all wrong about the uh the idea that he was uh he was meant for better things so he's like he stripped away everything that's good about him though like he was charismatic and a good pro- now he's like this serious hard-nosed like muscle guy with like this serious like don't believe the hype gimmick or whatever the hell his gimmick is like he's leaning into all the worst possible parts of himself i think he's just yeah he's not particularly marketable in this stage and he's not particularly interested and he's never been that good you know bell to bell so yeah feels like a bit of an own goal I'm, I'm going with this very serious what is it change the narrative character or whatever is, uh, is
3: yeah. he ran a show on fight didn't he mm-hmm. there was an eye pay-per-view he oh, yeah. changed the narrative that mm-hmm. he ran obviously no interest in watching that it's like uh, I would agree the problem is with this character is not fun Yeah. it's very very dull it's, it's just very very dull and it's shit It's like a comedy actor trying to do a serious role, and it just doesn't work at Mm. all in the slightest. Um, It Mm. just you just think, "No, this is a weird fit. It's not there. The change in look doesn't work. It doesn't, you know." And it's also the fact that it's based on the fact on a wrestler who's never really been good. I mean, in terms of his great matches, it's really the one with Spud. (laughs) Dylan, like that's the one.
1: But he said he reminds yeah. him of a football lost his way after after a good run and chose the wrong clubs. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's what yeah. it is. Like in an alternate universe, maybe he was like the big star that we all kind of thought he might be after that impact run and oh, after yeah. those those two you know great sport matches and, and great sport feuds, he had an impact. But
3: no, now he's on loan at Swansea and he's <laughs> going to be playing higher level Championship football for a year. And you just think he's going to fall sit through the cracks here. I totally think there's something to that. I really do. Yeah. 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 Before you know it, you're playing, you know, you're just playing mid table European football, possibly, <laughs> and that whole merry go round. But yeah, it is. It's it's not a good fit. And I like the fact it's down this far in the card, it doesn't suggest much about them. I, I think if Flip Gordon's contract up, I imagine he'll be AEW bound because of the people he's friends with as well. Mm. Like, it doesn't feel like they've got anything really for these two guys. So they just had them in this feud together. They have it about honor and respect and the fucking handshake and the rest of it. But it's just, it's quite turgid stuff. Mm. Yeah. Outside of that, I thought there was other, the other stuff on the card. Like Silas Young and Josh Woods worked hard. I think at that point in time in the show, it was just sort of two all over the place. Um, And, yeah, just, again, lots of various bits of plunder. Silas Young just isn't great. I think there's something with Josh Woods. Hmm. But you want to see Josh Woods in there against other kind of better talent rather than a, a Silas Young who I don't know what he offers at this point. If you had him losing in, in the pre-shows or losing to a to a you know much younger guy in a standard opener rather than a long, drawn-out war with someone like a Josh Woods who has much more of an upside to them, I think there's that. But this is the issue Ring of Honor have. They don't have unlimited money. They've got to fill up that card somehow and Silas Young is there and available to work and will do his job and his whole gruff, real man routine. And, you know... That's that's the way it's going to be. They, you know, they've got to pack up that those cards with someone there. It just it feels like those good young wrestlers. They just give Josh Woods a Chris Hero, mm-hmm. and you're going to get a lot more out of it than Silas Young. Fair enough. Yeah. Anything mm-hmm. else? No, that's it. Really, that's, Ring, what, of that's Honor. Ring of Honor best in the world. Ring of uh, Honor, uh, 20, more 20, fun 20. than I thought it'd be.
1: Yeah, we always have a good time watching them, don't we? And um, when
3: we check in, yeah.
1: four times a year. But uh, you know, there's uh...
3: and then we're always conflicted on where Ring of Honor is at this point in time. And there's so much history that you're bringing to the table, being the official Ring of Honor historian. <laughs> a different like... company,
1: mate. Doesn't count. Basically, yeah. Uh,
3: basic, basically, <laughs> that company's because... dead, isn't it?
1: It is. Yeah, different. Di- same name completely different in, in every other way but i do enjoy the nods of the history like say like homicide turning up uh, the potential uh second runner chris hero um i might well be into that if it uh if it does come to uh to fruition but yeah we should uh change gears and uh and talk uh, some of the other stuff we've watched let's uh let's go into a bit of AEW, um and i think mm-hmm. coming out of AEW, i think the uh, the headlines coming out of this last week's show the uh the road rager show um I suppose it's the the talk of, I don't know, two very different debuts that we've uh, we've had recently in AEW, as well as mm. the continuation of the. Uh hangman and uh an omega storyline let's hit the other hangman uh omega uh developments first quickly i thought this was another uh really hot angle um on this show again think uh i really think uh, evil uno you know he's again he's a he's a great little player for aw in that like you know, he's, he's a lad who's quite clearly just happy he's got a job and he's happy he's making a living so you know he'll go out there and do whatever they want do you want him to be like the uh the evil cult leader he'll do it Do you want to make him Brody brodie lee's second in command he'll do it Do you want him to go out there and be like the voice on behalf of uh, of Hangman Page, he'll go out and do that too. Um, and I thought he did another cracking job. Um, I think him and uh, him and Omega going uh, going back and forth, uh, was good stuff for Omega hitting the uh, the low blow, and then uh, Gallows and Anderson like coming out made a, a great greater uh, great way to, to set up Page coming out and making the save again, not touching Omega, which he fucking shouldn't. I really hope they they stick to that for the next mm. few weeks. I to be honest, I would have been quite happy if like they weren't even in the same ring together for another four weeks. But you know, so these, this even this is a little bit faster than uh, than I want things to be. Um, but still, you know, it was still a, a really well done angle. We talked about it on the weekend show. You know, 900,000 of viewers watched this, and the, uh, the Ethan Page, Darby Allen um, um, stuff afterwards with the with the Ethan Page sit down interview that was uh, all also really good as well. It was the uh, the high point of the show overall. But I think the, the main reason it was the high point is I think interest is absolutely high uh, in Kenny uh, and Hangman and yeah I think this is one of the best stories uh, in wrestling and yeah it's a, it's a nice pleasant change I'm glad we've, uh, we've moved on to this rather than Kenny just defending against uh, you know um, opponents of the week or, or whatever other goofy stuff he'd uh, been doing up until now yeah
3: yeah and I really want this match to have it all out I don't want it to happen that fight for the fallen mm. or a glorified dynamite this needs to be a pay-per-view main event this is a big money match a story that's been, as we spoke about last week, been told for a couple of years, just the whole setup of the angle, um, the stuff with the evil Uno, the what's the capital of Thailand line.
1: That was I didn't
3: like that, <laughs> but that's been. <big>. Ah, <laughs> it, it's part of Kenny. So it's part of the overall shtick. So I'm, I'm, kind I've got of, I'm, opinion, I'm fine yeah, with it. Mm. I know. I know. I'm probably more tolerant of that stuff than, than, than you are. Mm. However, what you what you wanted to hear more than anything else was just the cowboy shit chance, especially when he got down to all the people he's beaten. And then you get that through, and you're getting that through from the crowd. It's not being led by Uno, it's not being led by Kenny Omega, and then they're responding to it as well. And you're going, Well, this is working. That's what you want. You want that crowd who are desperate to see um Adam Page. It's how they tell this story over the next few weeks. Because it does feel like with Kenny Omega, if you're gonna have this story there are like, um, I don't want to say like unnecessary roadblocks that he puts in, but there are kind of things he, well, let's do this to the story. And you just want to go, no, we're doing it this way. We're telling the story like normal fucking people. No (laughs) bollocks, nothing else. Not going to do the comedy. You might have some spots where like Adam Page is nervous and doesn't really quite believe in himself over these next few weeks and is maybe nervous in his matches, so he doesn't win as convincingly, stuff like that. Put that element of doubt in there. But that's the story you want. And the idea of a cocky Kenny going, yeah, he's not got it in his head. I'm in his head. He's not able to, he's not able to get the job done. That's really the story that you're telling. I weirdly think like there's a part of me now is very conflicted about a look at these crowd reactions and you think, yeah, you do put the belt on him. But then I'm also worried about how fickle wrestling crowds are these days and how many times they really want the belt to go on to someone. And as soon as they do that, they get bored within mm. two weeks. And there's a phrase in wrestling, money's in the chase. And it's always been that way. And it feels that way with this kind of an angle. I just hope that they pace it, cut out the bullshit and the bollocks because there's a genuine emotional core to it, which has two guys who are involved in the best match in AEW history with the the tag Mm. match with the Bucks. And so the last time, I, I loved that sort of sprint of a 15 minute match they had last time. So it's a match I'm really looking forward to. And I think with those kind of emotional stakes involved as well, it could be that great killer match they want to do. It's just that how many times have we said that and it's not ended up like that. So Mm. that's why this time I I have very clear doubts. I think it could be told great. I'm not entirely convinced they would do it without putting in some unnecessary shit to, Fuck around with it. That's my fear. Mm.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think it's on a knife edge. That one. I think you can make the call Mm. to kind of say, "Is Hangman? You know, we've got crowds back. We've waited long enough. Uh, Is there a better time to put the belt on Hangman and pull that trigger? You can delay things too long. We saw it with Goldberg and Triple H, didn't we? Um, You know, (laughs) even that month later was too late. You know, sometimes you got to strike when the iron is hot. You don't want Hangman to be too much of a, you know. Chokes on, you know, when it comes to the big one type of thing. He's he got that big, high profile, you know, loss at the start of AW when he was uh, when he was going for the belt. Um, yeah, it's uh, there's a question there to be had.
3: Add to the story though, because it felt like it yeah. was too much too soon.
1: I think, I think, I, yeah, exactly. I think, I think it could, it could still. Yeah, add to the story and, and, you know, you could tell a story with that, that, yeah, you know, we come back to it again and we sell sell another lot of pay-per-views. So I can see that there, but that speaks to the, you know, the depth... That's in this story, you know, that there is, you know, plenty to, to do. And, you know, as Joe said there, you know, there's lots of, you know, lots you can do with the Dark Order on one side and the Elite on the yeah. other side as well. The, You know, there's, there's plenty, plenty of, uh, of juice left, I think, uh, in this story that you can, you can definitely tell. I'm just going to enjoy, you know, watching it as it, as it goes. And um, I think it is one of those, you know, Luckily, you know AW exists because we're getting long-term storylines in wrestling, and it's not just involving the fiend. It's actually interesting long-term storylines and builds. So, you yeah, know, dra-
3: bullshit law. Drag it's it on a story,
1: story, yeah. And you could drag it. On, you probably could drag it on another six months, and I'd probably be along for the ride there as well. So,
3: it's a red flag that word. If you hear wrestling law, <laughs> you know, like, you leave that. the conversation because you know it's it's well, not
1: go well. Well, we'll speak about some lore in a second. Before we do get to him, though, I did I did want to mention as well. Um, you know, in, in this like segment of the show, they did have that Ethan Page Darby Allen promo segment. Thank mm. God, this is the Ethan. This this is the Ethan Page that like, you know, was discussed in the same circles as MJF at one point in his career. You know, it was like you know MJF was the mm. the great indie promo guy. Ethan Page wasn't that far behind him, and he came into came into AEW and. Didn't really see any of that. He had that nervous first match, mm. and then he had a couple of nervy backstage promos, and he has really found his his footing with Scorpio Sky. So yeah, I thought that was a particularly a strong segment as well. Even if like the the reasoning for pushing their match back is uh, is maybe not the most sound.
3: Yeah, the coffin stipulation bit is the bit I'm not mad about, but it's a way of whoever loses can kind of get away with it as well. If, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. So like, it doesn't really, it's not going to be that kind of definitive loss. Um, it's also the best use of JR. If I might say, this is the best way of using JR in these segments. And I love the way that, that Darby Allen interrupted him there yeah. as well. And it, and it kind of fit in. I expect this match to be like shockingly violent. I'm expecting it to be blood mm. and all sorts. Cause I wouldn't be surprised if this, I'm imagining this is main eventing. Mm. I think so. No, I'd have to imagine so, given the fact it's a gimmick match as well.
1: Yeah, they'll go crazy. And he'll you, throw Darby Allen at yeah. post or something again. He loves it. Like nobody loves they'll do a shovel in Darby Allin and breaking him than, than, Ethan, than Ethan does.
3: And it's also at this point in time when they last had the few. I mean, Ethan Page is a body guy now, which is something that he obviously <laughs> plays very heavily into as well at the same time. I mean, these are two younger wrestlers who haven't been overexposed Being given a chance to headline a major american like network tv wrestling show Mm. and that in and of itself is incredible Mm. like it's not the thing that wwe do anymore to any great degree so i think in some sometimes we shouldn't look a gift horse in the mouth the match wise that's always been ethan page's kind of weaker side Mm. hasn't it yeah Um, it
1: he's a a talker isn't he he's a he's a mike bennett he's an ec3 he's a mjf he's that kind of guy and
3: I think he it was it was you know you look at Josh Alexander and you realize how much of the North is is kind of him uh, as well. But I've you know I'm higher on Scorpio sky uh, than than most other people. But I've enjoyed this Men of the Year kind of thing as they've gotten into it more and more, and there's very much a a, a place for him here. So yeah, I I've, again cautiously optimistic, but hmm. I'm still at the same time this was good build yeah yeah and that's what you want you know good
1: build um i suppose the, the other thing we should uh, mention the other through line through the show you, you mentioned law just then jp uh, we should talk some uh <laughs> Alistair black slash tommy n slash malachi black um you know we had the qt marshall cody Rhodes strap match earlier on the show which let's hope that is the end um of that story for cody Makes a bit more sense now why Anthony Ogogo kind of stepped aside and we kind of got the blow-off to the feud back with QT Marshall again because, mm. uh, you know, goes back in, in the UK now after eye surgery and I believe there's a... They there's have others.
3: to retire, mate. Yeah. I'm fearful of his future.
1: There is that worry with him. Um, so, yeah, we went we went back to, to QT. I mean, he's got a future JP just doing gammon-like statuses about the Euros on Twitter. That seems to be oh to, what
3: he's turned When he asked, what's the better coverage, BBC or ITV, It's like, <laughs> mate, how... If you knew anything about football in this country, you know the answer is immediately going to be saying BBC. Oh yeah. You. Roy and Gary for the for the viral stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not also- that I T V commentary team. And I love Lee Dixon, but like
1: Mate, I love Sam Ian. Met I love Ian Wright as well. He's all over the ITV yeah. stuff, but and, and I hate the BBC. But I not
3: actually Cole. He's a fucking arsehole.
1: I just can't deal with that ITV commentary. It's just awful, awful, and the the overall presentation of uh, of the ITV side of things. Not not a fan. Um.
3: They couldn't do a football highlights program. They didn't know how to present football. Yeah. Also, at the same time, they cancelled things like <sighs> Cracker, Prime mm. Suspect, and they brought them, <laughs> and take me out. Yeah, you know, there's a there, there comes a point in time where they they've. they've like impact they've got to work hard to win me round itv Mm. and yeah i enjoyed the thing about major charles ingram cheating on who wants to be a millionaire but it's going to take a lot more than that to win me round.
1: (laughs) and and a proper englishman would know that so yeah a little bit disappointed exactly
3: and i'll make that i I don't think no adverts on bbc it's fucking (laughs) easy better montage at the end like (laughs) It's not hard look mate like you say Match of the Day is the one yeah when,
1: when ITV I remember the other Saturday Night Highlights awful awful um...
3: Mika Richards was great when he was talking about um, about the, the living in the Olympic. he goes like was it kind of liberating being around all the sports stars and that top 10 show that you love and I was, I was watching it and he was like and, and Mika Richards was like yeah it was, se- it was like sexually liberating or something mm. like that and he was like what which is always one of the things you hear about Olympic Villages That's what the athletes do. And they can't do it this time around. So it's even bigger hell for them. Sorry, I'm often well off on a side here. We were talking AW. I'm talking about sex in Olympic villages.
1: I do think (laughs) that's the important stuff that people come (laughs) for. I think I'll go we'll be back to uh, to bring it back on topic. I I, I you know, but it's wrestling. People have uh, wrestled with a uh, with weird stuff. Uh, I think I think he will be back eventually. Mm. But no, I, I do think the, the crazy Steve has. There you go. Yeah, he continues to wrestle. Mm. Fast Eddie in uh, in Ring of Honor. lore. He was legally blind as well. You know, there's uh, there's definitely been uh, been occasions of it. Um, but yeah, I did I do like I literally tweeted at the time of this match. I was like, okay, let's have Cody be done with like these feuds with lower card wrestlers. Let's give him some focus. Let's give him a top line. Feud, and obviously there was the point in the match where the lights went out, which often happens on AEW, so you never know whether it's a work or it's a production gaff. Uh, but it turned out to to be a work and part of the law because it is law time um, <laughs> in AEW, as yeah, our uh, our good friend Tommy Bellend, um, aka now Malachi Black, which apparently revealed on a on a Twitter video prior to the show. Which uh, as we talked about on the weekend show, and Alan Farrell pointed out that uh, uh, obviously uh, Jr. didn't watch, but Excalibur did because Excalibur knew that, and uh, and Jim Ross was very confused, still calling him Tommy N through the segment. But I did think, you know, for the rest of them, I'm not a huge fan of myself. I think he came across like a star. Um, You know, it got a big reaction from the live crowd there, straight into a, a program with Cody which as I said Cody can absolutely use as well Cody needs a bit of focus and a you know at least up a big card level you know feud for the, for yeah. the next pay-per-view go around and I think this is absolutely that Um, you know he can Tommy and can do all the nerdy shit like giving himself a black eye because that's the same black eye that he had when he left WWE and whatever if he wants to go on a Twitch stream and talk about the color of his socks and how you know the lights went out and how he's painted his face and all that stuff I don't care you know, if he's on the shows and he's this over, then cool. And, you know, the kick kicking Cody's head off look cool and he walked off like a star and he didn't look like a WWE cast off. This is not, you know. This is not Mark Henry. This is this is this is you know somebody you know this isn't Sean Spears. This is somebody who is re- relatively well protected in WWE, if maybe just through virtue of not being on TV. And he's someone who's stepped over to AEW, and he looks like you know he's at that same overness and has that same credibility as he has you know during his NXT time period. And I think that's about as much as you can ask in you know as about a good uh, a debut as he could have had.
3: It felt very Monday Night Wars, mm-hmm. if you ask me it was someone jumping over unexpectedly appearing in, in the show. And that's what it feels like. The Monday night wars was the thing that was always capable of happening, like things that felt genuinely shocking and they're announcing or they're teasing a even bigger kind of debut as well. And it's like, you better not be talking about Mark fucking Henry wrestling mm. a match or something. Cause that's not good enough. But this felt, kind of impactful because it's someone who is relevant there's a lot of upsides to him wrestling wise our thoughts you know are our thoughts on kind of what he can be like but certainly there's a presence there Mm -hmm. it's a good person to bring in who can have good matches i think with cody it it's something you want to see this as a drawn out feud this should be the feud about getting like Malachi Black, I'm not going to get used to saying it. Uh, I was I think I was used to saying Tommy Black before, who I think used to play for Heart of Midlothian as a <laughs> winger. But there you go, um, Tommy Black. Yeah, yeah. Um, but <laughs> that's, a, that's a title. For why the are they using to- Tommy ends? Yeah, it's a very like, uh you know, the the, the still of the doubts, the eye stuff suggests some supernatural stuff. I didn't watch that video of him in a in an asylum or whatever because I was like I don't know fucking I can't be watching that shit hmm. um, and JR clearly had the same thought but he's being paid by the company that's where the <laughs> big difference between me and JR lies I could miss this stuff because it doesn't necessarily matter he's got to commentate on that Um good old Mark beside him got it right though didn't he Benno.
1: Mark yeah that's what he called him was he saying his name or saying what he thought of him? I'm not sure. What are the two?
3: He's shooting, mate, is what he's doing. He's <laughs> shooting on live TV. It's like the Monday Night Wars all over again, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think, it. like, overall, this is the kind of – the way that you want to see people debut. They come in. They come into what is going to be an interesting storyline that hasn't been done before. So it feels fresh and exciting, regardless of any – other quibbles we might have and i know say like a chris A for example i remember him quoting like this is his idea of hell is a cody versus um a tommy end feud but in some ways at least it gives a focus for cody and it puts him in at a certain level mm-hmm. which is not what's happened with Andrade.
1: No, no, you want to talk like uh, comparing uh, debuts like this. This was gold. This was what you wanted, top-level stuff. You know, immediately got a, a great match for the pay-per-view set up, immediately set, you know, a wrestler that I don't, again, I don't
3: really like, but like, you know, I can kick. to Arne was great. Oh, it was? It was great. Arne sold that like a fucking champ, didn't he?
1: But I can see the value in him because he's, he's over. And then backing, faking, faking the
3: backing off and then, sorry. Oh, yeah. sorry to, to no,
1: no, I was going to say he's and open then, with this crowd and all that. And it, 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 yeah. it is, it's the time to do it.
3: What were you going to say? No, I was going to say it was the way that he kind of kicked him. And then he mm. was like, no, I'm sorry, mate. I don't know what came over me. Mm. He was acting like Paddy Considine in <laughs> Dead Man's Shoes mm. when he's like speak, like when he's in the pub at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the bloke comes up to him and he's like, what are you fucking looking at? He's like, you, you cunt. And then outside he's like, sh- makes him shake his hand and he goes, I'm sorry, man. I don't know what came over me. I'm sorry. And then it's an amazing film. You should watch Dead Man Shoes. don't know <laughs> why. It's just fucking bleak as all hell. Funny as fuck. As three, well. three and a half and stars. I think I've got, well got a lot, lot of box, Pretty sure. Um... Out, of, out of five, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. it's up there like four, four and a half. I think it might be Shane Meadows' Fain. finest work.
1: Wow, okay.
3: But yeah. Um, If he can channel his inner Richard from Dead Man's Shoes, then that'll be great. Mm. Getting Cody to dance at his party. That's a weird reference that maybe no one will understand. But... <laughs> it's what people come for, the weird references. <laughs> yeah. Look it <laughs> so up. Dead know. Man's Shoes, dance at my party. <laughs> There you go.
1: Well, yeah, you didn't expect to get to get that reference here, but yeah, good, uh, good, uh, good pa- yeah. comparison point for a uh, for old Malachi uh, Black's debut. And again, the name shit, but we'll be used to it by next
3: week. Don't, oh, yeah. don't, 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 Tommy Black. Us let's, let's stick with that. It's
1: the Tommy best Black, of both well. Tommy Black at Wex. Um, but you brought it up there, and the comparison is obvious. You know the the other segment that was on uh, prior to this on the show was yeah the Matt Seldel Andrade matching. Oh. things just continue to just they're not going wrong with andrade this isn't this isn't miro but things aren't right are they you know he's coming out with vicky no. and whoever that other dude was his translator or whatever his bodyguard or whatever he's supposed to be he wrestles the match in is in basically like looks like he's wearing new york yankees pants like you know i, I get it they're supposed to be pinstripe pants and he's trying to
3: Might come under off the set Dick Tracy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get it. It's cool when he wears the full suit, but in ring, he just looked a bit like, you know, the Brooklyn and You know, obviously a much more cut and bigger version, but, you know, I don't think that that filled me with much confidence. And then the match was just kind of middling, really. It was the wrong match for the occasion, it felt like. I don't know whether that's because Seidel got too much in or Andrade didn't, I don't know, focus on, you know, getting over the right stuff. But... He just came across as a guy and I think that's been the problem here you know from the introduction mm. and I will still say Meltzer it that he didn't you know again repeating that he didn't think he got a reaction when he first came in I don't think I, st- I still don't think that's true I think Vicky Rero, the way she said his name people didn't know what she said when he came out he got a reaction yes it wasn't yeah. a killer reaction but don't forget how fucking how quiet and dead that dynamite crowd was, was that night I still thought he he was going to be a difference maker, but I feel like that Vicky promo kind of that came after all of that was the problem with that segment. The presentation after it's been a mixed bag, sit down with JR, you know, again, great best use of JR, uh, as we said previously. But, you know, that in that segment, I think he came ac- across as a star and then you put him back with Vicky and have him come out here again and he just came across like just another dude again. I just think, yeah, somebody needs to sit down and, and reevaluate and you know get these things right again this isn't you know making miro a gamer it's not that far wrong but it's a similar pattern and i feel like like with miro we're going to be waiting another two months before i think they take the the proper steps to to put things right
3: yeah it feels like we're gonna in a holding pattern for a couple of months until they realize it's not working and they do a repackaging job and that's kind of what it needs to be already and you've got time to repackage early on as we've seen with Miro,
4: hmm.
3: where the longer time goes on, the longer the more distance there is with the whole gamer stuff. And then that kind of gets removed. But here, I've not liked any of the presentation at all. I didn't like I wasn't as mad about the the sit down interview, funny enough for him, because I thought they should have just had all of his parts translated. Because that's I think you can get away with that. I think you've got Mm. enough of a literate audience who are going to be able to handle subtitles. And if they can't, then fuck them. The problem's with them. (laughs) Um, But... (laughs) Overall, for this, it's I love that like in the ring,
1: more market. Yeah. You'll take that to you. They'll get it. Fuck them. That's their issue. Fuck them.
3: <laughs> the good Christopher Nolan films are like, no, you can do the work. <laughs> I'm not explaining it all to you. Love it. Like you're a fucking adult with a functioning brain. You can <laughs> you can do the heavy lifting as well from time to time. I like that when we do that with an audience and you make them work. I just think here, like he felt rusty in the ring. Seidel, I think, has been very good and has been quietly one of the kind of more rock solid bits of dynamite generally, where he's come in and has proved himself as a good adaptable mid-carder who has a certain purpose. And here, it feels like it didn't gel, but it was much more, I was more along the lines of, well, this is kind of down to Andrade and maybe it's a bit of ring rust and not properly being in there. I, there's only so much stuff he's going to be able to work out in his own ring with Charlotte, isn't he? Where I imagine where a lot of this kind of training is probably happening is like literally him and her doing an Edge and Beth Phoenix job of getting him back into shape. But it just didn't seem to work. I, I just didn't feel convinced by him. It's just like a... And I think there was elements of the crowd wanting to like it, but just never getting into it. And I think as a match, it just didn't work at all and if this was meant to be sort of like you know putting your best foot forward it's not that Mm. and it's hard to know well what feud are you going to put him in to Mm. to kind of get the most out of him at this point because the key is with Andrade is the presentation Mm. that's how you do it if you get the presentation then you get that kind of investment from a crowd and you have a reason to think he's a big deal then those matches start to really mean something but it feels you know it feels like we're a long way off with him I think um,
1: Zelina Vega made a made a bad call, didn't she? I think that's kind of like the the the, the, the genesis of this. I mean, obviously yes. she agreed to go back to the WDB before she knew her husband was getting fired, and probably before she knew Andrade was getting fired. But ah, oh, if she if she'd have just waited a couple more months, like she would have, you know, walked into this company, been Perfectly slotted with Andrade again. We wouldn't have to deal with Vicky. She'd be in the same company as her husband. Yep. Instead, we've got this. Um, I think that's all we are. That's the the one step we are away from like this being perfect. Um, and you know. Maybe you know Andrade does need to learn to stand on his own two feet without hair there, and we you know do need to be maybe proving that he can be a bit as big. I you know had a good conversation about it on Voice of Wrestling this week that you know maybe Mm. you know she was the star of that act, and we were all giving Andrade maybe a little bit too much credit. Um, There's definitely merit in that argument. I I think I see a little bit more in in Andrade than that, but yeah, he's gonna have to prove it. Um, And yeah you know there's a it's not like the company are doing a, a lot of things right by him um but still you know i think i, I want to see at least what he can what he can control was his presentation coming into this match yeah. and the match itself and that didn't deliver either so you know there's some blame on his side too um i was gonna say as well i suppose another big headline from this show um Jericho punching out the fan. Don't know what you made of that. The uh, the showdown with MJF. Oh. It was like, you know what? It made the angle better, I thought. Because like, Jer- yeah. Jericho, from the, because it's Jericho, and of course he's going to punch out the fan. Like, of course he is. <laughs> he's not going to. I think he showed MJF because the fan really? looked like he was coming for MJF and it was Jericho who got the, uh, got the, got the, you know, that, that old wrestler logic of you come in my ring, you fucking get, you're going out injured. Like yep. he, uh, you know, he he did that as the as a proper old school wrestler that Jericho is. But he kind of had a look in his eye then, from like the whole rest of the segment, where even down to when the fans were chatting Y2J, and it was like. Stop that! That's a that I'm not called that anymore. That's from years ago. Whatever it was, he said. You know, he, he was he was testy, and then it, but it worked for the segment. I they it added like an extra yeah. element of danger. It felt like to it. I thought MJF was was very good here as well. And yeah, I think you know, uh, I think that, I can't say it every week, but we've done this few backwards. Uh, I still stand by that. Um, I don't know why after the big the two big stable bluffs were we're into singles matches now. But as far as the singles matches go you know i am still into them and this 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 build and this segment uh, gave me another reason to be to be into that Jericho mjf match and into what i presume is going to be jericho running through um the rest uh, of mjf's mates before he gets to him i think that's a, that's a, a fun little wrinkle to it too
3: yeah i uh, it's i don't want to like i'm not advocating for it, obviously people rushing the ring and it's the least surprising thing in the world when you get the shit beaten out of you, or you get punched in the face by an older wrestler. That is going to happen. It's, I think the analogy I've always thought of is if some random bloke turns up in the middle of walks into my classroom. It's like, well, you got a duty of care, so can you get the fuck out, please? Because this place has got nothing to do with you. And it definitely added an edge. It made me kind of interested. And the, the the first clue was when they cut away and they held away. It was like, oh right, yeah, this is the kind of thing you do. At, Sports game if a streaker runs on the pitch, like you just cut away from it, and they did that with this fan. Um, and yeah, it was you know, it's setting up another challenge, but at least I was kind of interested in this. I also really enjoyed the six man that on earlier on you talk about setting off and all those kind of singles directions. I'm into that tag, I want
1: to see the FTR tag. Yeah,
3: I'm really into that tag. I mean, you know. Even Wardlow versus Hager, I'm I'm kind of fine with because Hager's come out really fucking pumped up. Whenever you see him coming out recently, it's just like he's someone's really. Uh, maybe that bloke, maybe he also stuck a flare up his ass in order to, to generate a bit of heat. <laughs> Rather like that England fan did. Oh, um, that'll be on the obviously show, obviously a now. great deal more success. Uh, yeah, that's going in the well. There's a lot of images you could use from England fans there. Frankly, couldn't you? Hundred percent easily be used the entire all of the show images this week could just be a variety of English English fans disgracing the nation yet again um yeah uh but yeah it's like you it's kind of weird there's elements of this pinnacle feud that I'm kind of into I'm not into Sammy Guevara beating Sean Spears I couldn't give a shit really we know where that's going mm-hmm. I'm probably the high man on Sean Spears on this podcast but like that one's just a, a a kind of a few designed you know Sammy Guevara needs to be going over really strong in that for, for that to kind of if that's where we Eddie- go
1: it was funny, I was listening to um, we watching um, Steph's um,
3: YouTube uh, show, AW
1: Weekly, which is now available in podcast law. Everyone uh, mm-hmm. subscribe to that, uh, whatever your podcast is sold. But one of our listeners was saying, you know, maybe, maybe the twist here is that MJF actually says... What you've got to do, Jericho, is go through your own stable, <laughs> and he's got to he's got to beat like you know he's got to beat the the two LAX lads. He's got to beat Hager. He's got to beat Sammy. I'd be into that. I think that'd be a fun little uh, little twist on it. Um,
3: you know, I would drag it out to all out with a good degree of compelling telling, and him versus Sammy Guevara. You can put on fight for the fallen. Mm. That's true. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. Maybe you could do that. Although, yeah, I'm still hoping for a uh, for uh, for Jericho and Wardlaw. They've been teasing that one. I think that'd be fun.
3: Yeah, the, these kind of little gauntlets of going through a stable I always think are quite good because mm-hmm. it also shows you the tiering of the stable as well. I think it's it's kind of an easy way of doing TV. I, I'm, I remember a boxing film starring Lou Gossett Jr. and James Woods. I can't remember the name of it. And that's the whole premise of the film is that Lou Gossett Jr. has to beat 10 fighters in a row in like one night. And they get sort of progressively more and more difficult. And he's like an ex-pro, and it's a con, and the rest of it. And and yeah, it, it it like doing that where the stakes get higher and higher as the the matches go on. I'm I kind of look at it as will this get them through? Will this generate still maintain a level of interest for it to get through to the pay per view? Because mm. given how quickly it's a they sold that out, it's a long way away but I think you really want to make that like an absolute must see event as much as you can. And like you, you stack it for that. There's other things you can headline TV with. That's like a little bit more kind of interesting. The film's called Digstown, As Liam says in the chat, which <laughs> I, I was more or less signaling to Liam being a big boxing <laughs> fan, knowing that he would know that. that with,
1: Liam's our um, guy. He picks them up. He is. He picks them oh, up very and much. And
3: MMA. Um, <laughs> And Warwick's cricket. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's like, uh, yeah, it, it's, you know, it, it'll get them through August and it'll get them through, like, hopefully, this stuff will be the things that get them through July and you can have a big match then at Fight for the Fall and yeah, with him and, uh, him and Wardlow.
1: I, I think, think that's. that's- think that's where we're heading uh fingers crossed um but yeah i mean i'm trying to think anything else on the show really a note like match wise like say uh you know we had the uh the strap match we had the street fight with eddie and penta against the young bucks i felt like that was diminishing returns for me i've seen some high ratings on grapple for me i i went 3.25 and it almost felt like i was forced to really i didn't it was just a match i enjoy i say that Mm. i i it was a plunder match and i do enjoy you know selling eddie kingston like there's nobody there's not many people better than him in the world at that and he's a wrestler yeah he might lose a lot but you know when he loses he, he gets that sympathy vote doesn't he and you'll be you'll be you'll be rallying right round him again the, the next time he ends up in a in a big match um but yeah you know, i thought he had a particularly uh, good performance in that one but yeah decent enough 3.25 star match it was a, a show more about the angles than the other uh, matches for me this one
3: Yeah, I went three and a half on it. And it's just the overall idea of them doing angles in front of crowds. Mm -hmm. And it's raised the interest level for me. I don't know if it's done this for you. where you are wanting to see what people are reacting to. That's the Mm -hmm. thing that's fascinating. I kind of know, we know what we like Mm -hmm. at this stage, but it's more interesting seeing what is organically getting over with crowds. What are the things that crowds are reacting to? And I think we're going to get another really good idea of that when Darby Allen comes out. That like mm. this week, I think that's going to be very interesting to see the kind of reaction. I think the Ricky Starks, Brian Cage reaction, given that Ricky Starks is from Texas, it's in Austin and like, he's a really good character. And I also I don't know what they're going to do for that because it fit. That also smells entirely like a, like it's not going to be a match and it's going to be more of an angle to kind of turn Brian Cage face mm. Um, perhaps. Yeah,
1: but, maybe, yeah. maybe that's where we're going with that. But no, it is a, is a stack card this week that like you say you got? Yeah. We got Darby Darby versus uh, versus um, Ethan Page um, in the coffin match, which got to go on last as we talked. but he's going to kill him. Matt Hardy versus Christine in the let's get this fucking out of the way match, and I will absolutely be going for a piss in that one. Say um, the cage uh, Ricky Stark match, which you say angle alert Maybe there with it being such a stacked show I don't think you can have too many matches going in like 20 minutes or so because Penelope mm. Ford Yuka is on there and there's also the small matter of you know talking your favourite JP the uh, John Moxley against Carl uh, Anderson in a, in a IWGP mm. US title match the, uh, the US title is very much a US title now in that I imagine this is uh, maybe a way to get it back onto New Japan strong maybe uh, maybe Anderson goes over and uh, you know when he goes and, uh, and does appearances on there we go can you see can you see Anderson go Over Moxley on AWTV? I suppose maybe that's the question.
3: No. Um, I don't see it happening because they've advertised Moxley and they've been doing a three champions deal for the um, resurgence cards that they're running outside the LA Coliseum. I think Mm -hmm. the venue's called The Torch. Um, Nothing to do with Wade Keller. Be nice Mm -hmm. if he did, though. Um, But uh, yeah, of which they've nearly sold out. Like they were aiming for 2,000 tickets. I think they can release more, but 2,000 is kind of what they're going for. And they've advertised Jay White, John Moxley, and Tom Lawler as all defending titles on that show. So it feels like this is something they're able to do and able to run. And the fact that it's Anson's singles match and primarily his return to New Japan um, is going to be as a tag wrestler – I think it could be really fun if it's given a good amount of time. Just thinking what Carl Anson could do if he just said, right, just have an eight minute sprint mm. for the title, YouTube. Just go hell for leather, eight to 10 minutes. Don't go overly crazy, but you can have a really fun match and then a the paradigm shift ends. Mm. Um, by the way, maybe I'm crazy, but how many companies at the minute are paying the Good Brothers?
1: <laughs> more than it should be <laughs> like they like talking about lads who've, who've stolen a living um let's see AEW, new japan impact are they anywhere else yeah they're, they're doing like those movie uh, things as well and, aren't they on um on access they have like uh like lads movie night or whatever presented yeah. by carl anderson and Luke Hallows, plus the podcast plus their own promotion <laughs> like they're doing yeah. well they're doing and they're, well. they're
3: doing another um talk and shopper mania
1: Awesome.
3: Are we watching it? We've watched uh, the first two. I feel like we've we've got to stick with these until the of they are absolutely unbearable.
1: It's, <laughs> a cracking it's,
3: it is. Um them using this, I mean, I, I kind of wish of all the things they give a lot of build to, I wish they'd given this a little bit more build. Like I think you could have had maybe announced this like another week ago where Anderson challenges him publicly for the IWGP US title. Because they're announcers coming from Tokyo, Japan. Yeah, clearly, Doc, uh, Luke Gallows is born there. Um, but Yeah, I, it, as a as a match, I like. I I, I kind of like them using this on there. I think it adds. It just feels different, mm. and I'll take different at this point. Definitely definitely
1: well speaking of which and uh you know we were going to move into japan now maybe for the last uh 20 minutes mm. half an hour of the show and we've got a, a big noah match to talk about and I would like to say we've got big New Japan shows to talk about on the weekend, uh, the Summer Struggle shows that, that existed. Um, and I, for my, for my part, watched one of the main events because I just couldn't bring myself to watch two half-hour New Japan main events <laughs> this weekend. Mm. Uh, but the show certainly happened. Um, and But also, I think more to the point, and I think more interestingly, you know what I wish I'd done, JP? I wish I'd watched New Japan strong because that sounded like a much better time than watching the, uh, the Japanese product right now, which uh, I know you did.
3: Yeah, yeah, I watched New Japan Strong, which is always a solid three star show, and anyone like to the point now where it's a, part, a regular part of our rundown for the weekend previews, particularly because on weeks where there's nothing, there's like guaranteed to be something on New Japan Strong, mm-hmm. but they have made it a lot more interesting. They've got some more interesting faces there this week. Like the the best of the matches was um, uh, Josh Alexander versus Rocky Romero. Um, Again, which feels part of a
1: shocking statement.
3: (laughs) Exactly. And again, these matches never overstay their welcome. They're very rarely only a new, only a strong title match will be over like anywhere close to 20 minutes. So for the most part, it's always like 10 to 15. So then don't overstay their welcome, but they're good enough for you to get an idea of them as wrestlers. You've seen the younger wrestlers develop quite a bit along the way by doing these, these like kind of very intensive, tapings that they do at those studios and they're going to have fans in there soon i think which are the first set of shows after the resurgence shows, show so it's going to be like a, a like a, a set of tapings they're basically going to be doing um the empty arena aesthetic which elsewhere i don't think i'd be able to tolerate weirdly for strong i kind of do because it's so clear and simple exactly what they do and how they lay it out
4: hmm.
3: um so they had that on there. It was a it was a good match. I mean, and Josh Alexander won, I think I went like three point two five on it. Um then they had Alex Cochlin. Um he's got his own trial series. Clark Connors had one, but it's Alex Cochran, I think on the weekend show I might well have said it was Clark Connors, but no, um him versus PJ Black. Yeah, he was back on and on Ring of Honor. I didn't expect to watch two PJ... Ma- There's still cross PJ over there in Japan and Ring of Honor, way. yeah, Brody
1: King as well.
3: Yeah, yeah, there is. And, you know, I, I think for... And it wouldn't surprise me if Brody King is actually the one who ends up facing sort of Tom Lawler, but I, I think it might be Kojima hmm. if they don't, if they haven't already done that on the set of sort of TV tapings, which they might already done, so Kojima's actually back in Japan. Hmm. Um, anyway, like, That's fun because you're watching the development of this absolute giant of a lad who has a good bit of charisma about him and is obviously very solid in the ring as well. Mm. Um, So that's really good fun. And then they'll always have like a young Lions match. In this case, it was the DKD versus Barrett Brown, which if you're familiar with Strong, you know exactly what I'm on about. And if you're not, you won't have a clue. So (laughs) it's one of those. If you watch the show, you'll know who they are. Um, They're guys, though, who are there to fill those. Opening matches, second matches on the cards get squashed by a bigger star. That's what they're there for, and you yeah. need people like that. And the one thing that this show has done in recent weeks is got together a decent enough roster. I mean, they've got eight tag teams for this tag team tournament that they're running, effectively for the next month or so until they get to um, to to the big show on uh, that they're doing on Fight and uh, New Japan World. It's, I tell you now that they, they have done a good job. At making this card mean something. If you're getting me interested in Darren Young in 2021, like you've done something massively right, because that's not a situation I would see. And but he's done I'm... a lot of things massively right as well. You know, it's oh, been good. Completely on board with Fred Rosser. Like it's one of the more feel good stories of like one of the very rare feel good stories of wrestling. Really? Certainly or like kind of around 2021 where you look at it and you go, he is a guy who's really good, works his ass off, and has got a chance. And I think has got a chance to do well in Japan mm. when he gets over to there. It's just the problem, and we're going to move on to you talking about New Japan well, now. Is is that this stuff I can watch it for an hour on a Saturday well, morning? How long does the dead. show run when you, you know you cut out adverts in New Japan's drunk, oh, How long is it? Kind of, kind of the adverts, forty-five
1: minutes. Because I spent thirty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking watching oh Sonata and Naito against Taiji and Sakazawa Junior. It wasn't even bad. Like I'm seeing like four star ratings on the grapple app. I just didn't care. Like I didn't have, I didn't have thirty seven minutes worth of caring in me. You know, to see those lads go back and forth. It just, it wasn't there. Like. <sighs> It felt like I'd seen it. That's the thing with New Japan, like this, this weekend. Like I I had the two Summer Struggle shows, load of fucking pointless tags that you didn't even recap on the on the news show, rightly. You know, yes, you know, Despy beat Taiji Samori on the first night, and you know, mentioned Voice of the Wrestling before, So that those lads tweeting out that like somehow them two had a boring match, and I looked at the grapple ratings, and I was like, yeah, that's just like a, that looks like a three star classic to me. I haven't got half an hour to waste on on a on a Despy title defense. No, thank you very much. And then this. Definitely better than that, you know, and, and more worthwhile. But I still didn't really care. <laughs> like, I just, yeah, it's, I don't know. I've just got a real, real malaise about, you know, New Japan at the moment. I don't think that's that's new. And it's something we've, we've talked about at length. But, you know, Zack Sabre Jr., is looking good at the minute i saw you know i saw alvarez putting him over today on observer live saying he, he's gotten bigger and he's gotten himself a tan therefore he takes some as a wrestling i was like i mean come on brian this is this is like you're not knowing what grapple is like give it like you know give you, were, you did, this, he's definitely had this tan a while and he's you know he's still slight he's he's no bigger than he was but you know he looked good in this match you know sonada you know Never really interests me, but you know the exchanges with him and Zack, they do have chemistry. You know the exchanges with with Naito and Taichi were good as well. The Naito, Naito and Zack too. You know there was a, you know it was a, it was a it was a great match. If you were like this was your first time watching it, or it was like part of a bigger card, but watching it with that New Japan malaise just all over myself i I can't i can't get into it like i say the the big destino call at the end it should have felt like a big moment and a big title change but i was just like yeah i wish i'd spent this hour watching New Japan Strong (laughs) instead because they're going to do a they're going to rematch them they're going to have a very similar match on on some other card coming up where there's a load of you know six mans on the undercard and why do i really need to care um yeah new japan is just the least yeah i was whatever the opposite of much was much watch is you know least watch or don't watch that's kind of what it is now and yeah even i think even the reviewers are of in hamilton saying you know just getting tired of <laughs> writing up reviews for main events that have to go over 30 minutes because they need to fill the time and yeah it, you took 20 minutes off this match. maybe i might have been a little bit more invested but put all those those things together in a big melting pot and it just leaves me cold to be honest and yeah it really did
3: yeah, I mean, I to admit you had me at 37 minutes. Yeah. Like that was the thing I saw and I was like, no, like I don't know. And I, I Plus entrances, so.
1: you're talking like 45, you know what I mean? <laughs> 45 minutes <laughs> of your time.
3: No one <laughs> needs, like, and it, it, it's, it, it is, it's a massive problem in terms of like, you know, sometimes a main event deserves that length of time and it deserves to have uh, that much kind of investment in it. But to be honest with you, like this just isn't the case. Like, I, I'm not invested in this in the feud. I'm not, you know, the idea of Naito and Sonada teaming up, like, in theory, I like the idea of bigger stars wrestling for those tag titles, because then it will mean something. So the idea of them winning, but it's not like they're taking on some Akada Tanahashi dream team, where you go, well, actually, there's sort of quite a collection of names here that, that you're running in this match. It's going to go back to Zach and Ichi. Wrestle Grand Slam. I don't see anything else about this feud or any other tag teams that they're just going to magically introduce into the mix that are going to make this interesting. So yeah, I I, I look at this and I look at a division where it's just going to be a game of tag to kill some time for a few months. We're in this position again. The problem is they've been doing this for years and my tolerance for it is just gone. And it's quite amazing. Benno, you talk about like how it's just the opposite of must watch TV. Mm. It's the sheer speed of the decline. Mm. Like things weren't going great, but it's just the way it's the speed. And then you get into the idea as well about the grapple list. And we spoke about this last week where, you know, the idea of like, how can it be a bad promotion? There's seven matches that are really good. And it's like, well, yeah, because they've got, All of these wrestlers, who are great if you give them the chance in proper matches to be able to have matches that are substantial and mean something, but look at the rest of the cards. Like, it's non-existent. It's completely Mm. like, it's just stuff setting up a main event for a few weeks' time, and then before you know it, you get round to the, you know, the Currican show, or wherever it is. And it's just like, you know, and it's just full of multi-mans again. They, they can just, yeah, yeah, this multi-man thing is an absolute killer. Remember when they moved away from it at the, um, at the, at the pandemic, when they first came back, yeah, and they moved away from multi-mans. For safety reasons more than mm. Yeah. It was lovely though. Dare I say it? Proper matches. Rather than just a series of tags and then occasionally an occasional elimination match.
1: I think they've just got everything against them right now. Everything. Mm. The pandemic, yeah. the 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 company itself slotting all these shows in that the booker can't handle, the booker going a bit cold, the fact that they're clearly not pulling the trigger on too much because they you know, again, they're hoping at some point they're gonna have fans back properly you know can properly cheer and you know Japan gets out of the mess that it's in and all of this just adds up to just underwhelming I mean you know go through very quickly like this you know the card the the run of the fucking Tokyo Dome you know Wrestle Grand Slam on the, the 25th of July you know like at the end of this month Is this a Tokyo Dome card? Okay, Shingo Kotoribushi in the Tokyo Dome sounds fucking amazing. But with this new Japan, with a muted crowd... And a half-empty Tokyo Dome? I'm not so sure. Naito, that's where the rematch is, actually. So there you go. At least it's on a proper card. Naito and guess, is, you know, Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. If you didn't see the match I mentioned before, don't worry about it. Just watch the rematch um, on the Tokyo Dome show. You'll, you won't have missed much. Okada Jeff Cobb. I saw that sweet gif of... Uh, and you don't see many of the gifs anymore because the mm. gobshites have uh, been shutting people down, posting gifs and screenshots on Twitter still, which...
3: That's helped them, isn't
1: it? Fucking right. I know nice. it's TV I think it's TVSI and not the company but it's still fucking stupid. Um but you know there was a good cool spot where Jeff Cobb caught um Okada going for a drop kick on someone else. Did you see that gif? And uh yep. did like that tour of the islands or whatever his move is. That was really fucking cool. I suppose that's going to be a decent match. El Desperado, and we didn't, didn't mention it there on these shows. Robbie Eagles um, yeah. is coming back, and Robbie Eagles is someone who you know will offer a better, better life. Um, I think to that junior division. Tajimi Mori and El Fantasma going to Rocky Romero and Taguchi for the junior tag titles, and they're doing a Rambo um, because something to do with the Ano, um, whatever the King of Pro it's Wrestling Trophy is. Yeah, all of that. Something to do with like you get put in handcuffs or something like that if you get if you get pinned or something i don't know some yano bullshit is happening on this show as well there are elements of a good show there but it's i mean it's not a tokyo dome show is it and it's it feels like they're trying to force it
3: yeah with well, that yano match it sounds more like the tokyo Dome than the tokyo dome doesn't it really <laughs> in, in, in that sense it, it's a and weirdly enough that card you read out is probably the best card they have had in Certainly, in since Wrestle Kingdom, mm. like it feels to me that's the best all round card, and that's a damning indictment because, yeah, there's more on here that's of interest, but it's still pretty shallow stuff. Um, you mentioned it being half full, like I think it's amazing they're still having this is one of the last events where they're going to have spectators, um, mm. they're going to have uh, uh, people there because they're not there for the Olympics. Obviously, which will have started by the time this show happens. Fucking clue, isn't it? That, like, <laughs> God, the Olympics aren't having people. Should we? <laughs> it's just going to be what 4,000 people or whatever, 5,000 tops. I'm not even convinced they're going to get that being spread out on the floor while, you know, the rest of the Tokyo Dome, which the kind of part of thing you want to see is the spectacle, well, the rest of that's going to be in complete darkness. So, it's going to be kind of just strange mm. um yeah it's it's like say so you you've the problem really comes down in a nutshell that they're running too many shows for the booker to be able to handle and everything is just diluted to fuck mm. diluted is what it is in order to maintain stuff they are just it's like we these are one-match shows and that one match like a lot of the time are you really going to give a shit Mm -hmm. Like a lot of the time you're going to find yourself saying no and that's how you fall out of the pattern like we have because Mm -hmm. none of this stuff is essential so why should we like spend our time watching it you know what I mean it's like there's a certain obligation on our parts but it's like there's no buzz. There's no clamour for us to review them unless you want to hear a shit on matches and shit on the promotion, which is kind of what we're doing.
1: They come but- and go these weekends with no one really paying any attention. Like it really yeah. is shocking. Like the lack of interest in at least within my bubble and circle of, uh, in present day New Japan. Yeah, it is. Remember when
3: it wasn't like that? And every time, like it felt like a Tokyo, uh, sorry, a New Japan show was a fucking event it's a proper event G1's coming mate get ready it'll be here before you know
1: it (laughs) we've got that to come still this year (laughs) Uh, feels like we already lived through it but that was actually last year I can't promise you JP Um, I can't believe that exciting times to come well maybe a little bit more exciting might pep you up as a a last thing to talk about JP there was a there was a a Noah show this weekend crossover uh, Mm. 2021 which I was gonna say it was also a one-match card, but it wasn't because I, I did see on the uh, on the grapple app there were some uh, some decent ratings for uh, a couple of uh, matches on this show, specifically the main event that we're about to talk to. But did you manage to see mm. um, the tag with uh, Harada and uh, Ohara against Congo? Um, I heard that was uh, that was no. well received as well. Got a got a good little uh, average on grapple there.
3: I didn't somehow I found myself squeezing in the main event, just not long before we recorded to Mm. to be honest with you. So these are things I do want to go back and see Um, because again, particularly the English going to bang on about it, but like you need an English language commentary. If you harbor any ambitions of trying to spread, there's no way we'd be getting you to watch these Noah shows. If there wasn't a couple of lads explaining why exactly (laughs) this match is taking place and the point of it, it does It fills in those gaps so usefully hmm. and Noah have become quite adept uh, uh, at this but um, no I haven't seen that tag I, I didn't want to I, I know that Muto pins Kataro Suzuki in that tag match which it seems to be building up to Kitamiya uh, uh, sorry Kiyomiya against Muto again who he's already lost twice to clean
1: Will he do a, moonsault to a man a who's question?
3: more than twice his age more than twice his age like (laughs) Uh, they love a 50 year old lad this promotion more than others and some of these 50 year old lads are great as we're going to get into and are fucking awesome oh yeah yeah.
1: Well, you know, when it hits, it hits. You know, like talking about you know the the big matches on this show. Definitely not the uh, the, the 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 muted muter tag, but you know that tag with uh with Congo against Sarada and Ohara. Four star mm-hmm. average on Grapple right now. You know, yep. not many matches from this weekend of it a four star average. So I think that's probably still worth going and uh, and, and hunting down. And yeah, this uh, Marufuji uh, Segura main event, which uh, you know uh, I'm probably going to be the low man on this one. Although I did enjoy it. You know the the average is 4.3 it probably be higher if there wasn't some gobshite who gave it 3.75 but you
3: know <laughs> there's a lot of uh... <laughs> another gobshite here who gave it four. Oh, so. there you
1: go you're dragging it down too I'm not I'm not the only uh, the evil one and um, but you know looking at the ratings there's a lot of four so yeah Alan Cunahan gave it gave it four as well Um, you know and there's a lot of four 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 and a halfs and couple of fives and mm. uh, went in early for it as well i um, only 20 ratings at this point but it did only uh, go on the app today but you know trending towards another potential you know maybe not match of the year contender but you know top 20 top 30 contender uh, again from uh from noah um obviously you gave it the slightly higher rating than me um what did you uh what did you make of this one jp i
3: really enjoyed this um like i say i went four stars on it and i think it's as much as anything else i'm kind of incredulous about how good um eshi segura is at his age at 50 51 mm. is what he is um, he looks in tremendous shape. I thought generally that the kind of back and forth nature and the the kind of brutality of it, with he was working over Segura's arm and Segura's. It was kind of slow, wasn't it? But yeah, it neck it. and back. It, it felt like what you'd imagine a kind of Noah slash larger male Japanese promotion what the the kind of structure of the match would be where it goes very slow they go to the outside they go in they kind of exchange they get stiff shots in there for a bit Um, you have plenty of kind of fighting spirit exchanges or here it's all about like the kind of respect of Noah and these two are going to do this very very well and they did and it, it helped that the crowd are there. I mean, it says a lot about, like, Segura when he's been in these world title matches. The last world title match he had was against um, uh, uh, Goshi Azaki, which Gareth went five stars on, and 4.75. And so, you know, I think this match was good. Marafuji has his limitations, at this age, it doesn't mean he, you know, he's a better choice than Muto. He's going to have better cho- better matches than Muto. I don't see this reign being particularly substantial. They've set him up against Sakuraba next, mm. which makes sense storyline wise because he tags with Segura. But still, like, and they've got as much out of Sakuraba as anyone is ever going to get because I thought he was past yeah, the yeah, sell like, by date when he was in New Japan. You know, never mind now. my. Mm. When he was up against Nakamura, he was well, well past his sell-by date. When he mm. was up against Suzuki, it was like, ah, oh, yeah, ridiculous. It's mad. Mm. It, he's done all right, but then he's hidden in tags. Mm. So, like, that's the thing to kind of bear in mind here with Sakuraba. But, again, he's in his 50s. Mm. Like, the combined age of this match was 92. Fuck. Yeah. And you
1: don't really like, think of, the like, more but Fuji is an old guy, but he's been around forever, hasn't he? That's the thing about him, and yes. you know,
3: he' lot of miles on the clock as well.
1: His effort levels, you know, from when I float in and out of watching Noah, seem to vary particularly. But I, I thought he was relatively up for this match. It felt like it was <laughs> one of those, like you know, I want to start my reign off properly, and you know, have a have a decent, you know, proper half hour, you know, Noah main event. And I think that's what they gave you, really. Like I, I don't disagree with yeah. most of you. Sir. I think I, for me, I'm obviously not as emotionally attached to it as maybe you are that's maybe why i go a little bit lower than 3.75 but i enjoyed it like i say started slow but was physical enough that you know it didn't feel like it dragged if you know what i mean and the pace did pick up you know as they went and uh, i heard the commentary say this is what the 15th match or something like that these two of uh, of ad together. And uh, maybe if I'm going in with the the history of, of knowing the previous match, I suppose that can be a, a benefit and a negative as to, to whether you've uh, seen this combination maybe one too many times before or whether it, I suppose it adds that extra extra layer of story, doesn't it? But yeah, for me as like a as a you know a floating viewer type of thing, it was what I wanted really. Hard hitting commentary was decent you know both the lads put a put a bit of a shift in and it didn't really feel like you know at any point i thought Marufuji was uh, in danger of losing i went in you know spoilerless i didn't know you know what what the result was going to be and with this current booking committee you never know what the results of, a, of any given match might be is there seems to be my takeaway from uh, from tuning in and out of this stuff but you know um, while i didn't hugely buy on any near falls i think it was a relatively safe and Steady pair of hands for a for, for a big first uh, Marafuji defense, and yeah, thought it was all in all decent. And like I say, the the grapple users are are going even higher than that.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you've kind of hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's 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 the idea of it's a good first title defense. The crowd are going to watch, feeling that they have got their money's worth. A kind of like a, a a good enough card. Which I mean, we for all the things we say about Noah, there, there is a feeling of certainly momentum or certainly like the company are trying to gather momentum behind them and they're obviously producing things to a much more sort of like professional level as well. Um, and Stuart Fulton does a great job for stardom. I mean, he's one of the people who, when it comes to like Observer Awards, I'd like to see him in and around that top 10. Different commentator this time. Um no commentator. Uh, yeah, it was, um, it's somebody who was at CyberFight. It's Billy, I want to say his name is, he's an Indian wrestler who does some stuff for Chokka Pro or Gambari, one of the other cyber fight promotions. And I thought he did a good job of slotting in, like perfectly fine. I mean, Stuart Fulton is, you know, he's very, he's very great. He's very Eurosport. And as I always preface it with that. I I don't, I mean, I'll be blunt. I don't think he's a
1: great commentator by any means, but he does a good job. <laughs> he, yeah. you know, he fills in the knowledge that you want, and you know, he doesn't get in the way. And that's the, you know my minimum standard. He's got a long way to go for me to be considered in a in a top ten commentators list. But I'm glad oh, he exists. Man, I'm just, glad he's doing for the this job. Year,
3: considering what he's up against, though mm. a lot of the time, yeah, Kevin Gil and the like. Oh, for his
1: level of experience at this level, like he's not egregiously bad in any way. I'm just saying, you know, he's you know relatively new a new voice, you know, and you know, obviously, I think there's the potential there for him to be uh, very good in time.
3: It's I think it's more the fact that they they know that they need to do this Hmm. and they're willing to invest in this because, as I say, it's you know, would we be reviewing this stuff? If it wasn't all in English, you would like. I wouldn't. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know how much of it I would do. I'll like, be sat here with a face. on waiting just, for you to finish the <laughs> stardom. It's been made a lot easier now. Their pay per views come with English language commentary. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to watch the big stardom matches as a result of that. Hmm. Which, by the way, I'd recommend the tag which had Surrey and Julia in um, from the. Uh, the last Cinderella show. Cause I know obviously I only got to speak about very brief about Atami haishishita and um, I can't remember her name now. I want to say Yatsuko. I could be wrong about that. But anyway, the, the injury that happened in the, in the, the match last week, but you know, these are crucial things for these Puro companies, like looking at you all Japan, like you're the next ones to do this. Like whether you want to get someone, you know, you want to try and get someone to record from home. I'm not saying we could do it, Benno, but do you reckon you could commentate in all Japan? We could do it from No, up. <laughs> like no.
1: You could, though. Like,
3: Who's this person? it would be like, well, we really should have got WH Park in here. Shouldn't we? <laughs> yeah, it's there you go. Get him. There <laughs> we are. Well, here we are, already trying to pitch us for a job. Yeah. <laughs> <all
0: Japan. laughs> which yeah. would
3: be a genuine disgrace to the name of giant barber <laughs> we'd wangled our way into something like that it depends what the paying, you know always
1: a, always a possibility but no it is it's important to kind of yeah you know getting a bit of a interest to this side of the world and it does it does make them uh, considerably uh more watchable as shows and even for you know people like me yeah, floating mm-hmm. in and out of matches as well yeah you know gets a bit of more eyes internationally on it even if i will say ddc universe sort your chromecast option out lads I'm, I'm struggling struggling to watch these at the minute it's uh mm. <laughs> that new website doesn't look it doesn't load on my, on chrome on my phone I, I don't know if you get the same i just get like no. text and white background and load of x's and I, ticks on the screen like that's fucking my laptop basic shit in it It's google chrome yeah. it's your google chrome and then i try yeah i try and chromecast it through um once i actually do get it going and that doesn't work anyway so yeah uh, i know i know it's like first world problems listen i've been trying to i've been trying to rewatch seinfeld recently and i'm using the all four app and that's just as bad jp i have to watch the same fucking three adverts every single episode and you know i I can't i can't watch that there's like an ice cream advert i get constantly asking me which type of ice cream i like i can't i can't deal with that advert ever again in my life look it's not just not just edt universe that struggles with putting apps together but you know um, (laughs) i would like uh some of those issues to be resolved ITV hub. Oh, what a piece of shit, mate. Oh, you can't live stream fu- live TV on a Chromecast. No. You can, you can Chromecast VOD, but you can't Chromecast live. So what I do, and I've told you this before, download the STV player, which is Scottish ITV. Yeah. You can fucking Chromecast live on that. So why can't you do it on the regular? Mix this, sorry, I'm getting round up now. Makes yeah. no sense, JP. What the fuck?
3: It is ridiculous. This has been the anti-ITV podcast hell. today. <laughs> as it should be.
1: Also... Well. Um, why Seinfeld on. on all four? Why can't I get it on Netflix or Amazon? that
3: feels a weird choice. The entire Seinfeld run's on the all four. On
1: BBC. What a weird thing. It? Maybe at one point, yeah. I don't know if they're showing reruns on regular telly or something. Strange.
3: From an earlier update, and maybe I am just petitioning for the title of the show because I know we're right at the very end of it now. Tommy Black played for Arsenal. <laughs> I thought I recognised that name. He was, he was only 41 now. He's younger than me. He's from Chigwell, which, uh, for those of you who liked Bird's... Uh, Birds of a Feather. That's where I was set in Chigwell, if you can remember that. (laughs) My Uncle Keith, rest in peace. The massive stonking crush he had on Leslie Joseph. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Tommy Black, great career, like two years at Arsenal, vaguely remember him, made one appearance. Carlisle on loan, Bristol City on loan. Look at the amount of clubs though he went to. Palace, seven years, 2000, 2007. Sheffield United, Gillingham, Bradford City, Southend. Stevenage, Barnet, two spells at Grays, Hemel Hempstead Town, AFC Hornchurch. Now, and then he was at Debden Sports Club, um, is the last place he played in 2014. So, 16 year career for Tommy Black. And now he's <laughs> debuted Deb- Deb- in AEW.
1: There you go, and that is definitely going to be the the title for uh, for this week's episode. But yeah, I don't think we've got any much else to talk about. I, I watched SmackDown this week, JP. Same thing happened as every week. Um, Roman Reigns is the head of the table, and the uh, the Usos um, quarrelled a little bit, and then Edge beat them up at the end of the show. Um, didn't yeah. have anything else to say I've about not it. Not
3: punished Jimmy Uso in the slightest.
1: That's the bad. Like how many, how many fucking times is that lad gonna fucking? Yeah. Three times. Uh, Looking uh, up at it. I, the, imagine the, the ones day. we don't know about. You know, like
3: just on tally like it's not. That's when he's caught. Mm. He's, got, he's got a problem mm. and they need to do something about this. Mm. And this is it. where, like, all those times of bigging up people going into WWE-sponsored rehab, it's like, here's one of your main guys that you need for, like, as part of your... the biggest star that you have working week to week. It's mm. like... Even from a pure, purely like commercial perspective rather than like the obvious human one of this guy's got a problem. He gets drunk and he gets into fucking cars. And he's there in the opening segment, wasn't he? With yeah. Edge and stuff. He was, like it didn't happen.
1: Um but yeah. That's all that happened on that show, everyone. Um King Corbin former King Corbin's not happy that Nakamura is the king now who could give a fuck um, Smackdown um, yeah what can you do but uh, I don't think uh, you've got uh, anything else JP and we are close than, closing in on the, uh, the three hour points so I was going to say this is your your opportunity to, uh, to throw in your, your yeah. plug for, uh, for Aussie Graps. So you, uh you kindly let it go earlier but you want to let people know about what, where they can find it and what's going on
3: Yes, I'm always wary about plug plug heavy stuff at, at times for our listeners. In fairness, we there's enough content in between all of this. I'd like to think, <laughs> um, but yes, we uh, I did a um, I call it Grapple Extra. And nice name, like I like that. State, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the state of Australian wrestling, um, like currently where it is now, and did that with uh, Kevin Chia. Uh, brilliant guest um went really in depth on like all of the major promotions the kind of situations with them now regarding training how they coexist cooperate even stuff about tv obviously went into speaking out as well um spoke about like kind of all of the big issues obviously sort of the the wrestlers to keep an eye on and they're kind of uh, just a general overview of the scene, including Kevin kind of being able to list off. And he really is the doyen of Australian wrestling, just being able to list off all the promotions in and around Australia in all of the States, even the smaller ones. And it's kind of fascinating because it's a territory system. And obviously I know it's like a, you know, we went into a, a a lot there to, to kind of speak about, but it's, it's good to go back, go in, listen to kind of, you know, maybe a chunk about EPW and then go and have a watch of, um, uh, watch some of the shows as well and there is an offer that we've got uh, again another plug a plug within a plug the inception of plugs <laughs> this is the um and it's for the australian wrestling network and for the first hundred um users of the code grapple uh spelt as in g-r-a-p-p-l no E at the end. Grapple. Um, you get a free month of that, and that's got loads of stuff of like kind of classic MCW stuff as well, um, including EPW. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a sort of new to me. Uh, exciting and fresh scene and it's interesting sort of seeing it develop um MCW had i think their first show on Fight at the Weekend which i didn't get around to seeing yet uh winter warfare um which had uh, Adam Brooks caveman manug was like the 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 main match there so it's it's yeah it's a scene that i've kind of like dived into cuz I'm um, kind of more than, than happy to as well and we even talk a bit of politics and stuff like that so yeah that's up on the free feed obviously the patrons got to listen to it a few days earlier as uh as well so one of the other benefits of being being a patron there you go and yeah uh
1: also the uh always the ever-present plug download the uh the grapple app uh, and patreon.com slash grapple um for like I say early access to stuff like that or uh nxt take overview uh jb's day- daily news updates and everything else we're doing so in the, the big plug though uh as we had uh, martin on for the other uh, first hour uh, this week com slash fundraising slash bwe live stream um if you want to yes. uh, to donate there um fantastic uh, um cause to support the children's heart surgery uh fund um very much uh appear, appreciate anybody's support there for the uh the 12-hour shift that uh that martin will be uh putting in and i'll be uh, hopefully only uh, assisting them with and obviously be able to hear jp gareth uh john and way uh will lots of lots of our other uh friends and family um in the podcast and world well on that so uh yeah check that out uh on saturday and there'll be a link to that uh the mixer link in the show notes but yeah other than that I think that brings us to an end for, for another show we went uh, three hours even without Gareth JP so you know hey. Gareth gets no blame anymore next time we uh, we go three hours but yeah we'll have uh, we'll have Gareth back uh, back next week to uh, to chat more about the, the world of wrestling but other than that patrons we'll see you later this week for the uh, the weekend preview more Patreon bonus shows and such like but other than that that's it for us for another show we'll catch you again soon bye see ya
3: to hold and give,
0: but you at the right time, you can be slow or fast, but you must get to the line, they will always hit you and hurt you, defend and attack, there's only one way to beat them, get around the back, catch me if you can, cause I'm the England man, and what you're looking at, is the master plan, we ain't no hooligan, this ain't the football song,
4: three lions on my chest...